looks like we might be live now. Oh, Yay, right. 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 It's like one of those jokes. How many scientists does it take to make live streaming work? Too many. Technically, the, the rest of us aren't doing anything. We're just providing emotional support. Good job, Joe. Good job. Thank Joe. you. Good Thank job, you. Joe. Good yes. job. Good job. A lot of platforms. Right. Yeah. Hi, everybody out there. Um, welcome to Nature Check. Uh, this is the show where you come for the game and stay for the science. Um, <laughs> we're going to start by doing some introductions now that we've gotten our streaming celebration out of the way. Um, hi, I'm Cheryl. I literally just finished my master's degree in ecology like last month. And I'm going to start uh, my PhD in the fall. Um, and I'm really super excited about that. Uh, I've been focusing my research on restoration ecology, and I love dung beetles. Um, when I'm not doing my science research, you can find me as the roving naturalist on YouTube. Um, I'm going to be the GM or DM or whatever you want to call me for this game. Um, but Joe is actually the one who first uh, posted about this idea on Twitter. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. Okay. Next. Uh, my name is Joe Ballinger. I am a, a PhD student in weed science at the University of Wyoming. Um, I actually have a very wide background, everything from plant ecology to entomology. And um, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how this idea uh, got started, um, how we're going to start doing, how we're, how we're going to set this up is we are going to do a... Um, a live stream of a D&D session, and then we're going to follow it up in a mini-sode. And in the next few mini-sodes, um, you're going to be able to meet all of our players. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll get a little bit into the story behind this project in the mini-sode. Um, but uh, that's my story. Uh, entomologist, plant scientist, and uh, just general agricultural biologist. And your character name? Uh, my character name is going to be Lucanus. Uh, he is an oh, elf. Oh, well, well, I was going to say, we'll meet all the characters in oh, just a minute. Oh, we'll meet all the characters in <laughs> just a minute. Okay. Yeah, but Joe is going to be Lucanus. Um, I'm just going to go in order of the order that you guys are on my screen. So, sorry about that. Um, but Nancy, uh, tell us about yourself. <laughs> Um, hi everyone, my name is Nancy Miarelli. I go by Cybugs online. I have my master's degree in entomology from the University of Georgia. My diploma is shabbily taped onto the wall right there. Good, good. Uh, I currently live in Quito, Ecuador, where I do tours focused on insects and ecology. So, and my character's name is K, like the letter. <laughs> awesome um yeah so you can admire all of the beautiful insects behind nancy yeah i'll just dodge no one wants to see yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh peter tell us about yourself uh, my name is peter coffee um i'm on social media as either peter coffee or peter l coffee depending on whether or not i got to peter coffee first or whether <laughs> i had to come in and use my, my middle initial um and i i have a master's degree in entomology from the university of maryland um in sustainable pest management uh so i study agricultural cropping systems um and now i am an agricultural extension agent in maryland so I try and do SciComm with farmers and keep them up to date on science regulation uh, as it pertains to agriculture. Awesome. And your character name? Cedric. Cedric. Alrighty. Uh, Rebecca, tell us about yourself. All right. I'm really glad that he went before me because I lost connection for like five <laughs> seconds. I was like, oh, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> 
We're fine. <laughs> fine. Fine here. Hi, I'm Rebecca Schmidt, um, sometimes hyphen Jeffress, depending upon if I'm feeling like uh, hyphenating at the moment. Um, maybe it's maybe how mad my husband makes me is how I, whether or not I want to keep the hyphen for the day or not. It's really not. Um, so I um, am a biocontrol specialist. I have my PhD in entomology. Um, I worked at the University of Clemson as the vegetable entomologist for about two years and fairly recently started a position at U USDA ARS as the tree fruit biocontrol specialist in Wapato, Washington, which I'm sure no one knows where it is because it is very small. Um, the, and then let's see, uh, official disclaimer, the views are my own and not of my employer. <laughs> that. Or the views of your character. Yes, They're, yes. They may be of my character or of me, but they are never of my employer. <laughs> and your character's name? Artemis. Artemis. All right, and last but certainly not least, we've got Ryan. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan Gott. I have a PhD in entomology from University of Maryland. I was there with Peter. That's how we know each other. Um, I studied ecotoxicology along with entomology, and right now I am the Associate Director of Integrated Pest Management at a conservatory in Pittsburgh. So that's where I live, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and during uh, Nature Check, I will be playing uh, Fletcher Sampson. Fantastic. So yeah, lots of uh, insect scientists um, or entomologists on here, but um, we're going to talk about lots of different kinds of science, so we're equal opportunity on here. Um, if you're watching us right now on Twitch or YouTube or Periscope Live, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, this is very exciting. Um, we've been working on building this project for a while, and we're so excited for you to be watching it, enjoying it, and enjoying it with us. Um, we really hope that you'll like what you see here this evening, and um, we definitely welcome any and all questions from the audience. Um, so if you have any questions for myself or the rest of the cast, um, please tag our mod um, on YouTube. It's going to be Trevor, and on Twitch, it's going to be Hyper Tesseractive. Um, so please tag those names in the chat, and the questions will get passed along, and we'll try to answer them um, when we take moments out of the game um, to talk about science stuff. Um, so definitely. We are excited to hear your questions. Um, the last bit of housekeeping for right now, I think, is the socials. You can find Nature Check on Twitter, so follow us there for updates and things. Right now it's at Check Nature, not at Nature Check, because somebody else already had that one. So it's at Check Nature, but yep. Um, and please subscribe to Nature Check, both uh, on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, every game session is going to be uploaded to the YouTube channel and also um, we'll rip the audio and publish it as a podcast for those of you who prefer to listen instead of watch. And uh, you'll also be able to find our after show recaps um, that Joe was talking about on the YouTube channel. So definitely go check those things out. Um, and following on Twitch or subscribing on YouTube really helps us out and lets us know that you like what we're doing. So please let us know. Um, also, yeah, happy first day of Pride Month. We were talking about that before we went live. Um, so this is a very exciting month um, with lots of events. Uh, anybody else have anything they'd like to plug, advertise, introduce, introduce et cetera? No? Nope. I see lots of heads shaking. Let's do this. Um, All right. Let's do this. Yeah. Woohoo. All righty. <clears throat> Civilizations grew flourished and fell on the continents of Lacedas for hundreds of years, 
But in the year 885, everything changed. Where once the gods of the Pantheon held sway over various continents and made their presence known in frequent and tangible ways to mortals, now a dread silence and emptiness reigned. Civilizations fell into internal turmoil and tensions mounted between empires. The faiths of nations were shaken and new versions of old religions began to sprout. Spells once commonplace and relied upon, those that required the gods' particular attentions, no longer functioned. Access to and contact with all of the other planes disappeared or seemed blocked. The continent of Arda, still colloquially known as the God's Garden, was once the sacred and protected realm of Obed-Hai and Elana. At the moment of the loss, the strong protective spells surrounding the continent fell, and the shores and interior became accessible to any who wished to enter on whatever business. In 952, a ship from the Tenibrian Navy took shelter in the large river mouth at the southeastern corner of Arda, and the sailors erected a small fort for protection. Over the years, the fort grew into a town, and the town grew into a small city. While Tenibria officially holds no claim over Arda, no outside nation has yet claimed dominion over the continent, New Seychester is, for all intents and purposes, a Tenibrian colony. Now it is mid-afternoon on Pelorum, the 21st day of Mistrun in the year 972. Ooh, I just closed the wrong tab. (laughs) Your ship has dropped anchor in a relatively narrow harbor on the southwestern corner of the continent of Arda. The spring sun shines brightly overhead and gulls wheel and cry above the masts. The breeze smells of salt and green seaweed. Over the guardrails of the ship, you can see and hear docks bustling with activity, and beyond that, the buildings and streets of a growing port city. To your left, standing sentinel over the harbor, you can see the imposing stone walls of the original fort built by the Tenibrian Navy during the Wars of the Loss. But immediately before you lies the wooden ramp that will allow you to disembark. Welcome to New Seychester. Cedric, would you like to describe uh, how you look as you stand on the deck of the Hydra's head? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so Cedric is a uh, kind of plain-looking um, young dwarf. He's about four foot two with a... Uh, unbraided sandy beard uh, that's cleanly, uh, neatly cut. Um, and uh, he's wearing uh, a very plain black and white, uh, black black pants uh, pleated uh, with a, a white button down shirt covered in scale mail and carrying a large war hammer. Uh, All right, so I've set the scene for you. What would you like to do, Cedric? Um, I'm going to, uh, look around. Does it look like there's, uh, anybody who is not currently engaged in work? Um, there's a lot of sort of hustle and bustle going on. Um, but if you wanted to, the, the captain of, uh, your ship, the Hydra's head is not too awfully far away from you on the deck. Um, if you wanted to talk to someone. All right. But I've, I've been hanging out with him the whole journey, right? Um, yeah, you've met. Um, so his name is uh, Hauerbach Silverjaw, and uh, yeah, you've you've spoken to him a few times on the course of the journey. 
All right. Uh, so, what, sorry, what did you say his first name was? Hauerbach and last name Silverjaw. Hauerbach? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna walk over to him uh, and, and say, um, Captain Silverjaw, thank you so much for such a pleasant journey. This has been such a joy. Um, are you sure you don't want to reconsider my offer of some literature about Moradin? I, I, uh, I visit the temples here in the town while I'm in port. So I thank you, Sonny, but I think I'll be all right. All right. I just, yeah, if, if you change your mind, you know where to find me. Well, actually you don't, I suppose I'll be leaving soon to, to disembark. Um, uh, actually, I guess, um, if you have recommendations about, uh, a nice, uh, hostel or, uh, Tavern, I suppose. Uh, I'm looking for a place to stay. Um, oh, you direct me. Well, the places to stay. Uh, you could start in the market district here in the town. That's uh, there's some taverns and shops there. Uh, the market district. Okay, let me let me write that down. Market <laughs> district. Okay, and that has. Um, I'll know that I'm there because of the. Uh, that's testicles. where all the shops are. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna pass sort of the slummy area here. We didn't get a very good space on the dock this morning, but you'll pass the sort of the slummy area, and then you'll walk right into the market. District. Okay, excellent, excellent. And where is the temple district? Uh, that'll be uh, sort of to the northwest of the market. Northwest of. Market. Okay, and I I did pick up this large map before I uh I embarked. Can you show me on here where the Temple of Moradin is? Can you just point that out? <laughs> um. So he sort of uh, takes a look at this, and it's not. I, you you may have purchased a map of this town, um, but it wouldn't be especially good or even especially accurate since the town is growing a lot. Um. But he sort of puts one thick rough finger. Um, pretty much like, you know, front and center, um, in the temple district. It's, it's pretty obvious. Okay. Um, Thank you so much. I, I knew that this map was going to be worth, worth the, the two gold I paid for it. It was absolutely <laughs> worth it. Um, thank uh, you so much. Uh, well, uh, I will be, I will be staying at some place here. Um, I suppose, how long are you guys going to be in town? I think we'll be in port for maybe another day or two before we shove off. Well, I hope uh, I see you passengers. again before before you leave. Mm-hmm. And he turns back to what he was doing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna disembark and, and head towards the market district. Okay. Um as you skirt an area that is obviously the more slum-ish part of town. You pass a long, low-slung building constructed of a haphazard collection of boards, all heavily weathered by the sea winds and salt spray. It has no visible windows. The roof seems to have some thin spots in it, and it appears to be sagging slightly in the middle. A young woman leans against the frame of the open door, staring morosely out into the street. She is rather tall for a human woman and beautifully proportioned, with voluptuous red hair that outshines her surroundings, seafoam green eyes, and milky pale skin. She's wearing a long green velvet gown with an incredibly deep neckline, and petticoats that were once white peek out from under the skirt as it sweeps the dusty ground. As you stare at her, she raises her eyes to look at you, and you can see huge wells of sadness there. 
She leans slightly forward, though it seems as though she dare not leave the doorway. Are you going to continue to make eye contact? Uh, yes, and I'm going to walk over to her. Um, as you continue to look at her, um, she mouths the words, help me. Oh, uh, in that case, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk over to her and be like, sister, what can I do for you? Uh, as you approach the doorway, the young woman's eyes grow wide. But before you can actually get any of those words out, a voice calls out from the darkness behind her. See something you like? A man steps up behind the young woman. His bedraggled brown hair hangs to his shoulders in greasy strands, and he smiles a crooked smile of ragged teeth framed by hollow cheeks and a scruffy chin. He lays a large, rough hand on the woman's bare shoulder. Or maybe you'd prefer something a little closer to your own size. <laughs> uh... Good day, sir. My name is Cedric. I am a cleric of Moradin. Are you familiar with Moradin's teachings? No. Well, I have some literature here. Would you be interested in learning more? No. <laughs> well, how about you, young miss? Would you be interested in learning more about Moradin's teachings? The girl's eyes get even wider, if that's possible, and she just sort of stares at you. Um, she's frozen in the, in the spot. Um, uh, you know, Moradin is, uh, is a god of a dwarf, but, you know, his, his teachings are open to all. Um, everyone can, can be forged in the fires of, of the, the smith god. Friend, are you here to take your pleasure, or are you here to talk? Mostly talk, but <laughs> I find talking to be a great pleasure, especially with esteemed friends such as yourselves. I think you might want to be moving on. Well, I was having a pleasant conversation with this young lady. Um, this young lady is not here to talk. And he's going to sort of spin her by her shoulder and keep his hand on her back as they both walk inside. Okay. I'm going to follow them inside. <laughs> <laughs> young lady, um, I, I would appreciate to hear from your own lips whether or not you want to hear about Moradin's teachings. Um, <clears throat> so, oh my goodness, where's the thing? Um, so you step inside and you've got dark vision because you're a dwarf, but it's still awfully dark inside. And you can see that um, the man has just sort of, you know, hands still on her back, sort of um, guided the young lady um, down a hallway to your left. And he sort of circles around and slams his hands down on uh, a counter that you see sort of in front of you. Look, I run a business here. If you're not here to take your pleasure, then you might want to be moving on. And he's like, he's doing like the, you know, lean over, try to intimidate you. I'm, I certainly wouldn't want to get in the way of a legitimate businessman and his uh, business. I understand the I, – I, as a dwarf, I understand the value of coin. However, I do want to make sure this is a legitimate business. I'm not familiar uh, with your local ordinances. Do you have any kind of uh, – is, is prostitution legal here in New Suggester? 
Um, uh, make a knowledge history check for me. First roll, first roll, first oh, roll. Oh, right. Should have opened my little bag of dice before I did this. <laughs> Oh, that's only a 12, and you said history or local? Uh, history. I uh, am 14. Okay, yeah, um, so as far as you know, um, you haven't really been outside of your own civilization, but yeah, prostitution is a thing that's pretty common um, in a lot of areas, especially in some place that's still very uh, frontiersy like this, um, and especially in the slummier part of town, this isn't that surprising. Do you need to be licensed to, to uh, own a brothel here in New Chester? Just curious. I just want to make sure that you have a, you know, properly inspected facility. He's just glowering back at you. <clears throat> like, down at you. Mm -hmm. Or, perhaps, I could offer my services to you. I am a cleric. Um, I know that diseases are frequent in places such as this. Um, perhaps I can take insulting care of that to you. My business? Not at all. I'm just speaking to the realities of of what I understand these businesses to be. I think you might be lost. <laughs> Somebody is. Attention, <laughs> <laughs> <Such a> breaking cat. <laughs> um. Hmm. <clears throat> Do all right. Does it look like I can take this guy? How how big is he? He's bigger than you, and you can see like he's still got his hands on the counter, but like you can see, um, there's definitely a hilt of something on his hip. Okay. Um. All right. Well, if I can't offer any services to you, I think I will be going. Uh, thank you so much, and let me know if you've changed your mind about uh, learning more about Morida's teachings. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you just okay. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna walk towards the temple district. Okay. Uh you're going to the temple district. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um cutscene. Uh Lucanus, you are standing on the deck of the ship the Copper Worm. Uh describe what you look like for us. Uh Lucanus is dressed in uh, dark robes that obscure his obviously elven features. Um, his body is covered in scars, and uh, he hoists a large backpack uh, full of survival gear. It's obvious that this guy has been around and seen some serious shit. <laughs> uh, he uh, uh, hoists up his robe, which are... Um, uh, which is uh, designed to hide his weapons as much as possible while um, maintaining easy access and uh, 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 says goodbye to... Um, oh, what's the victim's name? I can't find that. Uh, Donan Garandel. Says uh, goodbye to Donan, um, who, uh, uh, um, uh, who is the captain of the ship. Um, and... Uh, uh, Lucanus asks Donan, um, if I were to require a guide for this part of the world, where would I go to? A uh, guide? Uh, <clears throat> well, see, I guess that's the thing. Nobody's really been around these parts very much except for this town. Uh, 
I know the the Royal Academy of Explorers was planning on setting up a headquarters here, but I don't think their building was open yet. Hmm. Uh, did the people in the temples know the locals well? Uh, I don't know. A lot of the temple folk are pretty new, too. You know, this, it's only been in the last ten years, I guess, that this has become more than just a military outpost. And uh, a lot of the temple folk didn't arrive until later than that, so... Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, if you're looking for information on the locals or, you know, the or surrounding area, uh, you could try maybe in the market, some of the farmers or someone might know, uh, you know, they might trade with some of the locals. I'm not really sure. Mm. Um, this is mostly just to stop an off point for us before we go back to Tenibria. All right. Well, I get it. Uh, I guess it's off to the markets for me. So, um, thanks for, thanks for giving me a lift and, uh, hopefully I'll see you around. Best of luck to you. So Lucanus um, hops down off the ship and uh, heads towards the market. Um, he, uh, the art, um, one of the art booths um, catches his eyes and. Uh, uh, oh. Oh. Do I? Uh, well, I was gonna say I'll, I'll describe what you see when you get to the market district. For oh, me. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, this is a it's a delicate balance of storytelling and improv. You're good. <laughs> um, so just inside the market district, um, you can uh, hear blacksmithies going and you can smell all sorts of interesting smells. Um, <clears throat> sort of immediately to your right, um, as you're walking into the market district, uh, you see a shop that, um, sorry, I'm looking for names here. Um, uh, it's called the, I think it's, Nancy, help me here. I think it's the white sale. Is that right? White canvas? Something the, like sorry, the what? Um, white canvas. That's it. Yeah. Um, so you see a, a shop that's called the white canvas that seems to be selling, um, supplies for ships. Um, and then immediately, t um, beyond that, uh, you see, uh, a modest two-story building with a clean exterior, obviously painted within the last year. The windows have no glass, but rather are open to the fresh spring air, their blue shutters hanging to either side. Above the door hangs a wooden sign in the shape of a songbird bearing elaborate striping on its back and wings. Um, there's definitely more to the market, but that's just what you see as you're walking in. Uh, so there's a Twitter store, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, uh, I, um, just sort of half-heartedly check, uh, uh, to see if there's any elven artifacts. Do I need to roll for that, or? Um, yeah, you could, you could take a wander, um, through the market if you'd like. Um, do a gather information check for me. Okay, which, next roll, next roll. which dice do I roll for that? Um, so that's going to be a d20, and then add your gather information check modifier. Fun fact, some of our players are very new to this game, but that makes it very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. Okay, so... It's okay. Um, I got a 14 on that, and my gather information check, where is that on here? It'll be in the skills bar. Okay, I have a plus one on that. Okay, so a 15? Yep. 
Yeah, so you spend maybe like 10 or 15 minutes just doing a, a cruise kind of around the outside of the shops. Um, you see a bakery and some blacksmithies and clothing stores and things like that. Lots of like general goods, um, but you're not really seeing any sort of like mm, artifacty. Like there's definitely um, some apothecaries and things like that, but not not any sort of like like artifacty shop um and you don't really see any other elves or even any other half elves uh, just from this you know um spin through the exterior of the shops okay uh lucanus um lucanus uh uh continues on um uh to um look for uh, uh some of the um some of the farmers Okay, yeah, so there's definitely um, some, like, people with wagons that appear to have, um, you know, vegetable goods and grain and things like that in their wagons um, or livestock uh, sort of in the market area. Okay. He uh, uh, walks up to one of them and um, starts a conversation. Mm -hmm. So Um, so Um, so you see a a woman dressed in, you know, pretty plain clothing, um, but sitting on the bench of a wagon. Okay, so... He walks up, uh, uh, ahoy there, um, I am looking for a, uh, um, I'm looking for a guide to the area. Well, hi there yourself, uh, a guide, you said? Yeah, I'm new, and, uh, I have some business to attend to here, and I'm looking for someone who, uh, knows the area well enough to help me out. You looking like you need to find something here in town? Uh, something on the continent. Not quite, not quite sure where it is. Oh, you mean like out there? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, mm, don't really know what to tell you about that. I don't know anybody who goes out there. Hmm. Well, in that case, um, would you, uh, uh, happen to, um... Would you happen to uh, uh, know anybody who would be brave enough to potentially go out there? <laughs> uh, I know some who might think they're foolish enough, but I don't know about brave enough. Uh, <clears throat> I heard something about the Explorer Academy building something. I think their building is going to be in the entertainment district, but I don't know. That was just a rumor I heard. Yeah, I was told that wasn't quite open yet, um, mm. but of course that was by the ship's uh, captain who hasn't been here for quite some time. Um, <laughs> perhaps, have you heard anything about it in the past few weeks? Not so much. It was mostly just sort of a you know, passing conversation. That doesn't much apply to people like us just working the land, so. Yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, thanks for your time. Of course. You seem a little far from home, eh? Yeah, yeah. As I said, uh, business to attend to in this land, so Hmm. it is what it is. If you're looking for a a place to sort of set, you know, to start from, uh, you know, old Leon is a pretty nice guy. You could go talk to him about getting a room until you figure out what you're doing. Okay. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll check out. Uh, I'm gonna write his name down in a notebook I just happen to have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna check out Old Leon, but I think it uh, I think it might be best for me to go to to uh, check out the Explorer Academy first. So, 
Um, thanks for the information. Of course. Uh, and then Lucanus um, sets off to look for the Explorer Academy. Okay. Uh, Cutscene. Cut. Um, <clears throat> who are we on here now? Um, Fletcher and Artemis. You are both standing on, you don't, you're not necessarily standing right next to each other, but you're both standing on the deck of the ship called the Naga's Bite. Um, Fletcher, how about you uh, describe yourself for us? Uh, so Fletcher um, <clears throat> is uh, walking off the boat with his kind of meager satchel of things. Um, he is an academic um, traveling to this new world, uh, and he spent his trip here and is still reading over uh, some scrolls and things that he brought with him, um, trying to make sure he has as good of a feeling of this land as possible, which, granted, is not a whole lot of information, but he's desperately clinging to what he can <laughs> already know. Um, and so he he's kind of just heading off the boat um, in his sort of burnt orange-colored traveling robes um, that he has from his time uh, at the academy where he studied uh, and is heading into town, basically still reviewing his papers and things. Uh, do you have a direction that you're headed? <clears throat> um, basically, toward, he's heading uh, to where he can see the whatever kind of skyline this place has, where you can tell like the city center sort of is figuring he can find a place to stay and that will be where he can make sort of a base in this, in this place he hasn't been before. Sure. So yeah, basically the docks all spread out ahead of you. And then as you walk just sort of through the docks and beyond them, um, you enter the market district. <clears throat> so similarly to what I described before, you can hear and smell and see all sorts of things going on um, immediately to your right. As you enter, there's this um, ship supply shop and then um, this very neat uh, looking building um, with the sign of the marked bird uh, hanging over the door. Um, I think he goes into into the shop, um, not knowing if it is an inn or not, and then hoping he can get somebody to tell him where there is a place to stay. <clears throat> uh, the bar room of this tavern is equally as neat and clean as its exterior. The wooden floors, though rough with wear, are swept clean, and the tables and chairs appear similarly well kept. I'm going to change this music because it is too exciting. Um, <clears throat> Don't want any excitement. <laughs> no, it's, it's a little <laughs> no too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the room is lit primarily by sunlight streaming in through the open windows, although you can see there are oil lanterns hung along the walls that will presumably be lit once dusk falls. Uh, across from the doorway where you stand, there's a high wooden bar with a slate top that's stretching the width of the room. Um, behind the bar, you see a human man in his late 40s, about six feet tall, with graying brown hair to his shoulders, a full beard, and smiling brown eyes. There appear to be a few other people in the establishment at this early hour, including a small man at a corner table sorting through a snowbank of papers, and two rather large men um, sitting next to one another at the bar. <clears throat> uh... I walk up to the guy standing behind the bar. Uh, I said, uh, uh, "Excuse me. Um, so this this appears to be uh, 
a bar at the very least. Do you happen to also have uh, facilities that somebody uh, could stay in uh, for an indefinite amount of time? Oh, hello. Yes. Uh, this is the Marked Burnt Tavern, and it is also an inn. I have rooms, yes. Oh, perfect. Uh, would I be able to uh, get jotted in for an indefinite stay? Absolutely. Uh, uh, just one room? <clears throat> yes, please. Yes. Uh, one room is uh, five silver per night or uh, 27 gold for the month, and that includes meals. Uh, I, I'm, I'll pay for the month up front. Oh, all, all right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, is there anything I can get you right now? Uh, I think I think just just the key. Um, and he's I'm digging the the gold out of out of the satchel that I have, um, ready to just get in my room, kind of set up shop, and start making my game plan for my uh, my plans here. Sure. Um, so with that, <laughs> da, 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 da. Fletcher, you have now appeared on the map. What? Do you see oh, yourself yeah. down I'm there in the doorway? Yep. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, cut there. And like I said, the other person um, on the deck of that first ship, or the, of that ship, the Naga's Bite, was Artemis. So Artemis, can you describe yourself for us? Sure. Um, so as I kind of, you know, as we landed, I sort of sauntered out of my room and leaned leaned against the railing and watched, watched the landing with some interest. <laughs> um Appear to be human female, uh, brown hair, uh, fairly average looking, except for a pair of what piercing golden eyes that sometimes draw unwanted attention from, from others on the cabin. Um, as all the other passengers start to depart, I um, make my way in a way that seems both confident and yet trying to walk so as no one will pay attention to me at about the same time. Um, I immediately notice that we are in kind of a not-so-nice part of town and try to find uh, somebody that lives in this part of town to talk to, um, searching around uh, for somebody that seems to not be doing much. Uh, well, on the docks, there isn't really anyone who's not doing much, um, but you do happen to notice... Oh, actually, here, make a perception check for me. <clears throat> Oh, good. I, 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 I always like to lose my die bag, so we're just gonna we're gonna do it the the new fashioned way. Digi dice. Digi dice. All right. So thir thir thirteen. Thirteen. Um. Yeah. So there's a hustle and bustle going on, and all of a sudden, you hear this piercing voice: Hudson! Hudson! Go take care of this man. He needs his papers in order. And you see, um, as people sort of scatter at the yell, um, this rather tall and surprisingly muscular um, middle-aged gnomish woman with deep brown skin and kind of reddish blonde hair that she's tried to tame back into a bun, but it is just kind of curling and spouting everywhere behind her head. Um She's got uh, very hard-looking dark eyes, and her face is um, much less pinched than that of many gnomes. Um, and she's got surprisingly pointy-looking teeth. And she's using this very loud, piercing voice to just give orders and uh, lots of hand gestures. Um, she seems like she could be the one in charge around here. 
So I, I noticed this hustle and bustle and immediately moved to avoid it. Uh, so so uh, I'm going to head down um, a, a, a side street that I presume is around here. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for somebody, people that appear to be either vagrants or, or begging on the streets. That kind of, that's the kind of individual I'm looking for. Mm. Um, yeah, so there aren't necessarily like side streets. A lot of the like alleys or spaces between buildings are literally just spaces between buildings because this is not a hugely developed town yet. There's still um, a lot yet to be built, you could presume, from a lot of the places you've been before. Um, so, yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, vagrancy or just, you know, people sitting along the edges of buildings and things like that. Um, it's, it seems like most people who are here have someplace to go and something to do. Um, yeah. So is the, uh, is the Gnomish woman, are there any um, children that are helping her? Um, no children, uh, but when she yelled out for Hudson, Hudson, um, you saw, um, that is the wrong word. Um, you saw a sort of a meek looking, uh, young human man jump and start doing exactly what she was telling him to do. Um, but he, uh, appears to settle some paperwork with a ship captain and then, um, sort of stand and be waiting for his name to be yelled the next time. Uh, so I sidle over to to who I presume is Hudson, mm -hmm. um, kind of sideways, and I say, um, "Hey, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking for some information about the area. Do you have a second? Oh, of course. Uh, hi, how can I help you? Um, I'm looking for the Royal Academy of Explorers building that I heard was going up in this area. Oh, uh, it is not yet completed, uh, so I don't think anyone can really visit. Uh, they're still putting the finishing touches on it. Um, was there someone specific you were looking for? Uh, I'd, I'd like to talk to, to some of the leaders of the academy if they're available. Oh, um, well, you know, I feel like... Casper might be someone you could talk to. He's he's around. Um, I know uh, Salty sometimes sees him when she goes to her favorite tavern. Um, and yeah, he seems to spend a, a bit of time there since their building isn't completed yet. Um, yeah, I suppose if you went and found Casper Reed, um, he'd be able to tell you more about the Academy. Sure, and, and so he'll be at this this tavern most likely? Uh, yeah, um, Sal Salty's favorite tavern. She sees him there sometimes. Um, it's the Marked Bird. It's right inside the Market District. You can't miss it. Oh, okay. I will. I'll have, could you could you point for me, and I'll follow follow the direction. Yep. So he just and he do, he doesn't do the point either. He does the really nice customer service whole hand <laughs> direction, um, and, and <laughs> directs you uh, in the right orientation to start uh, heading toward the Market District. All right. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, she reaches out to shake his hand and deposits one copper piece into it and walks away. Oh, pleasure to help. Enjoy your time in New Sagester. <laughs> the copper piece. I know. I know, piece. I know. Tiny little, tiny little money bills. <laughs> Just because you spent two gold for a crushed <laughs> map doesn't mean you <laughs> spend two gold for some information. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, uh, Artemis. So he sent you in that direction. I, I'm going that way. You're going that way. Okay. 
Um, so inside the market district, you uh, similarly to how I've described it before, uh, lots of hustle and bustle, lots of things going on, um, ship supply store, and then this very neatly painted, um, sort of fastidiously kept uh, building with um, this sign or this wooden sign on the front of a songbird shape with beautiful um, striping on its wings. I walk in. Okay. And I, I uh, walk up to what appears to be the front area where barkeep and such are. Mm-hmm. Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm looking for someone named uh, Casper with the Academy. Is, is is there a Casper around here that you know? Um, and uh, I will pause you there. <laughs> Cutscene. Um, so let's go back to Cedric. Right. What are you doing, Cedric? Yes. I'm, what? Sorry. What? What are you doing? I'm, I'm <laughs> making my way towards where I believe the temple district to be. Okay. So um, the market district. Yeah. So as you walk through the market district, again, same thing. Uh, you see uh, lots of hustle and bustle. You see blacksmithies and uh, a tavern or two, some apothecaries, the ship supply store. All right. Go through there. You're going to walk through the market district to the temple district? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> you are on a mission, quite literally. He's a whiteboard, you stop playing. Um, okay, so uh, as you walk into the temple district, yeah, you see um, quite a few um, stone buildings, um, some wooden buildings, uh, varying degrees of... Um, elaborateness, I guess you could say. Um, and they've all got different um, holy symbols on their um, edifices. Um, but rather prominently, uh, right as you enter the temple district, you do see um, not not exactly front and center. That's um, where you can see the, the uh, church, which you assume from its uh, make uh, might be the Orthodox Church of Palor. Um, but you can see not far to the right of that is the Orthodox Church of Moradin. Okay. And from what I can tell in the, the church design and the edifice, is it the same um, sect of the church that I belong to, or is it? Uh, it is um, a rather austere looking church um, with the Moradin symbol out front. Um, so, yeah, you might assume that this is the Orthodox one. Um, oh, you could continue to wander through the market, or sorry, <laughs> through the temple district if you wanted, but. Um, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, this one seems rather austere. It's very plain. Yeah. On the front. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going in the front door. Okay, going in the front door. Okay. Uh, okay. Um. So inside, it's very quiet. Um. You don't see much of anyone around. Okay. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk to the back and start opening doors and going in places until I find somebody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> My kind of uh, guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so as you walk um, towards the back, uh, a sort of uh, definitely older than you, but still young-ish uh, dwarven man sort of bustles out from a back area and goes, oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, can I help you? Uh, is he wearing any kind of robes that I would recognize oh, as being priest? Definitely a priest. Okay, all right. Um, definitely. Do mm, what do what do priests of Morden go by? Do they have a an honorific? Oh shoot, I don't know. Um, we'll go with Father because I feel easy. I feel like this is something Cedric should know. 
I was literally say anything, Peter. I mean, yeah, you could say anything and I'd go with it. Confession, <laughs> I was raised agnostic and then I decided to build a world that has like a lot of religious stuff in it. So we're just going to roll with it. Um, <laughs> Hit hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hammer father. Boy, just just one is fine. My <laughs> uh, greetings, brother, brother Hammer. <laughs> um, I uh, my name is Cedric. Oh, uh, pleasure to meet you. Uh, I'm Hammer Kumed. Kumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kumed gravel tank. Of the um, the eastern gravel tanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I believe I know one of your cousins. Oh, that's very possible. Yeah. Um, Rothgar Gravel Trike, do you know him? Um, it's a big family. Oh, yeah. I I feel yeah. the Gonsons are also a, big, a very big family. Um, I mean, dwarves, am I right? <laughs> um, um, is there something I can help you with? Yes, I am new in town. Um, and and I am a, I'm a, a cleric of, mm. of uh, Moradin. Oh, well, uh, welcome. As I, I sense. Thank you. Um, it's it's great to be in town. I'm looking forward to exploring it and, and spreading the word of Moradin throughout the whole continent. Um, but mm. first, I have a matter that I need uh, assistance with. I believe I've encountered a woman who may be uh, kept against her will, and I need uh, assistance in uh, freeing her. As you know, Moradin teaches us that we all get to forge our own iron, and slavery is unacceptable. Unless things are different here in Narda. What do you mean by being kept against her will? Uh, well, are, are you familiar with the term slavery? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm just under the impression that she would not like to be being kept where she is. Uh, where did you encounter this? On the street uh, at the docks, right as I got off my boat, I believe she's being kept in a brothel against her will. Oh, well, that's not... A surprise, I suppose. Uh, I don't really know much about those sort of establishments, but um, I mean, the the humans, they do their thing, I guess. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to participate, of course. Uh, certainly not participate, but certainly we would want to help anyone who uh, needed the assistance of Moradin. Certainly someone who keeps someone else against their will deserves to be reforged, <laughs> smelted down, oh have his impurities removed and be reborn as a pure, pure... It's very violent sounding. Um, <laughs> I like this more, character. More clean metal. I, I admire your zeal, uh, Cedric, um, but you ha- must remember that those people were forged of clay by their own gods, and so there's only so much we can do. Uh, we can't necessarily interfere with the way they choose to live their lives. Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, I mean, obviously they're not dwarves, but 
surely part of our responsibility as beings of pure metal is to stamp out injustice when we do see it. <laughs> as guardians of these poor beings. <laughs> Uh, I, I will not disagree with you, and so if, if you find a way to help this poor unfortunate make a better life for herself, that would be most admirable. Great. All right. So if you have any paladins who could assist me in my endeavor or uh, other clerics who might be willing to accompany me. A paladins, warriors. Uh, uh, I don't really know anyone like that, but uh, that, hmm, uh that sounds a little, um, how do I phrase this? Um, a little militaristic, perhaps, considering okay. the circumstances? <clears throat> I mean, perhaps, perhaps you're right. Perhaps maybe a police force. Is there a police force in, in town that I should contact about this? Uh, there's a town guard, yes. Ah, excellent. I, I will go... I will go have a word with them. Certainly they will not let this justice stand. Man, you're one of those players. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I wish you the, the best of luck with that, Brother Cedric. Uh, well, I appreciate your um, advice. <laughs> Always happy to I leave. <laughs> okay. Um, where are you going now? I'm gonna go. Well, I guess I didn't ask where the. I was thinking of that. Uh, Excuse me. Hello. Yes. Where Where would I find the town guard? Uh, the guards' headquarters are in the uh, the government district. Government district. Okay. Can you show me on this map? <laughs> where the government district is um so he sort of squints at it and he like turns it a few times and like you it, you can tell not only is it not a great map but he's also not a person who like reads maps ever um but he sort of is like well and just sort of like puts the map to the side well it's it's um a little further inland than the market district so if you walk through the market um you'll you'll see the government district um, yeah, okay. beyond that. Through the market. <clears throat> All right. And then the guardhouse looks like what? A guardhouse. Like, you'll know. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You've been very mm -hmm. helpful. Mm -hmm. All right. Now I'm going to leave and, and walk towards the guard, to, through the market district. Towards okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, cut scene again. Uh, Lucanus, <laughs> where are you? Uh, I, by now I believe I have reached the Explorer Academy. Um, did you, were you going to the Explorer Academy? Yeah. Is that what you said? Oh, um, yeah, no, so like they, like they said, um, the building isn't open yet, so. Is there anybody um, mulling around outside of it? I mean, there's a few, like, workmen, um, but there's no, like, official looking people. Okay, so I go up to one <laughs> of the workmen. Hey, uh, uh, is this thing open yet? Uh, no, we're still putting, like, roof tiles and stuff on. Okay. Uh, is the person who runs this shindig in town anywhere? Uh, probably somewhere. Um, any idea where? <sighs> nope. Hmm. All right, well, uh, where are the local, where are the local, uh, hangouts that the hooligans like to, to frequent? 
Well, I mean, this is the sort of entrance to the entertainment district, so there's entertainment here, I guess. Uh, there's also some places for, like, food and drink and lodging and stuff in the market district and, you know, beyond that. Kind of depends what you're looking for. Uh, I'm looking for people who are fo- who are foolhardy enough to go out and explore the continent. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and he turns around and grabs a board and some stuff to okay. do construction things. Uh, so he's like one of those people on Law & Order who are just, like, never not unloading stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're working. This is, you can tell, it's going to be uh, a very... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, can, you can tell this is going to be a very, um, it's it's going to be a fancy building, um, quite a bit fancier than a lot of the buildings you've walked past so far. Okay. All right. Well, he uh, uh, goes up to the one guy. He's like, hey, sorry, just one last question. Or I'll be out of your hair. Uh, sure, yeah. Who is old Leon? Oh, um, he's a tavern owner in the market district. Uh, where, where would I find that? Market district? Uh, yeah, the Mark District. So if you kind of turn around and head uh, southeast a little bit, you'll see it. You can hear the blacksmithies pretty pretty soon before you get in there. So Okay, so Lucanus heads on down to the uh, uh, market district. Um, yeah, so I think I described it several times now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when you get into the market district, blacksmith sounds, smell of baking bread, all kinds of the hoopla going on um, and sort of immediately when you walk in, there's the ship supply store and then this very neat, uh, freshly painted uh, building with this songbird wooden sign over the door. Is that the bar that I'm looking for? Uh, it sure seems like it um, from the description. <laughs> I don't think you actually got the name, but it, it does look like a tavern. Okay. So then I go into the Twitter bar. Yeah. You go into the Twitter bar. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now Lucanus, you're also on the map. Okay, uh, so just FYI, I do not see anything on my screen. Um, try scrolling up or down. It's kind of a long, it's a okay. long room that takes up like half the map. Yeah, uh, ah, here we go, all right. Yeah, so for the people who are watching at home, I am the person who is in charge of uh, essentially what you see, and <laughs> um, I, I hope I'm doing a good job, but I have my doubts. It's <laughs> fine. We're playing D&D. We're all doing our best. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, so... You are now in this, again, uh, very uh, neat and clean, if a little worn, and certainly not fancy uh, interior with... Um, and, yeah, you can see um, there's a, a man in, uh, what do you say, burnt orange robes um, up at the counter. Um, looks like exchanging money for a key. Um, you see a young woman who seems to have uh, appeared in the doorway um, not too long before you, actually. And then there's um, a small man sort of behind a, a mountain of, of papers. And then there's two guys, uh, looks like they're having a drink up at the bar um, okay. next to where Fletcher is standing. Um, can I roll a perception check for anything? Uh, you certainly can. Um, that's pretty much what you're going to see anyway. Oh, can, okay. Yeah. All right. So I go up to um, old Leon. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello. Yes. Can I help you? Hey, uh, I was told that if I'm looking for a short-term stay, you're the person to talk to. Oh, absolutely. I have rooms available. Yes. 
how much per night? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I just feel like Artemis is like whispering that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, the rooms are uh, five silver for one night or 27 gold for the month, and that includes meals. Okay. Uh, I'll just stay the night. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be in town. I'm uh, just sort of passing through. So he uh, puts down his um, he puts down his money, marks it in his notebook he just so happens to have. Um and the man um, will give you a key. Uh, Cutscene. We're right. still trying to reel Cedric in. <laughs> Such a never. I've never even heard of Nancy's this. Guy. Like, Nancy's like, I'm waiting. <laughs> You're literally going to see the entire city before yeah, you end much. up in the tavern. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we have to do some world building before we rescue you. It's so sorry. <laughs> I'll try not to cry about it. <laughs> All right, Cedric, where are you going now? Guards. Guards. All right. Um, so you enter um, the um, yeah you you enter the government district and you find what appears to be the guardhouse and um, you there's guardhouse. Are any of the guards dwarves? Huh. Um, any of the guards dwarves? You, you don't see any guards outside, per no. se? Um, then I'm going to walk inside. Okay. Um, so inside, you can see that there's sort of um, doors to your left and right, um, and then ahead of you, sort of a, an open room with a few tables, and there's a, a big, um, heavy wooden desk at the far end. Um, and behind it, uh, there is a man sitting um he seems like if he were to stand he would be tall muscular good-looking human man in his early 30s uh lustrous dark brown hair that he wears to his shoulders but it's very neatly trimmed um his eyes are a piercing blue and as you come in he looks up and you feel like his eyes are looking right into you like sizing you up all right. And and when he he looks at you for a moment, and he sort of leans back and crosses his arms. I like walk up right up to the counter, and I, I put my hands on it, and I say, uh, "Is this where I come to report a crime?" Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, great. Cedric, sorry, I, I have a I have a question to set the scene for us. Um, so you've got your you sure. described your clothing. Um, what are you carrying? Do you have a bag? Uh, how is your I weapon have a stowed? Yeah. Um, I have a carry my my warhammer. In your hand? Mm, yeah, I guess I set it down on the ground before I put my hands up on the okay. counter. Resume. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, great. So, um, I believe that there's a woman being kept her, against her will in a brothel near the docks. I would like some assistance in rescuing her. I think you just defined brothel. And said you has never found a more welcoming place in his whole life. <laughs> uh I, I understood that brothels were where women sold themselves uh, for uh, 
uh, uh, Can I help you? Carnal uh, pleasures. I did not understand that they were places of uh, slavery. Is that really how you people uh, conduct yourselves? Uh, I think I would know if there was slavery going on in <laughs> in my town. Uh, but if you're talking about you people, and he looks down very pointedly at your weapon, uh, <laughs> what are you doing here in New Seychester armed as you are? I am spreading the word of Moradin. <laughs> and clearly not receiving any help from anyone who lives here. <laughs> so you're just going to let this injustice be. This is the kind of people that you are here. All right. Good to know, I guess. Can I give you some advice, friend? You are uh, no friend of mine, sir. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> and I grab my hammer and I start to walk out. <laughs> Does he say anything to me as I leave? Nope, he's just going to let you go. All right. I guess I'm going to walk to the market district and wander around and look for anybody that looks particularly helpful. <laughs> The DM makes her first note. I also, I swear, I'm not like trying to block you. You just talked to all the wrong people. <laughs> Cedric is not particularly world, worldly. He does not have a lot of practical experience, we'll say. <laughs> all right. Um, so you're going back toward the market district. Mm -hmm. Again, lots of hubbub. Um, all kinds of trade going on. Um, there are quite a few shops considering that it's only really been becoming a burgeoning town in the last 10 years. There's, you know, um, <clears throat> all kinds of, of stuff going on. Um, it definitely looks like uh, there is an economy here um, for the people who live here, probably built out of supporting the naval fort. Um, but now, yeah, there's a, there's a population of people who just live here um, mm. and, you know, make their livelihoods here. <clears throat> Does anybody look particularly martial or priestly? Not so much. Um, you see lots of, you know, tradespeople, working people, farmer types, that kind of thing. Lots of, you know, just sort of average clothing. Okay. Um, Mostly humans. All right. I'm going to uh, ask one of the farmers. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, excuse, excuse me. Uh, good, sir. Hi. Uh, Hi, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, is there like a local, um, I don't know, uh, mercenary group or uh, say adventuring or questing uh, facility where people might hire warriors? <laughs> Mercenaries? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, perhaps a... A tavern where adventurers hang out, or people uh, who are uh, I mean, looking for noble quests. There's a <laughs> there's there's a, a tavern over there. And this old guy, kind of you know, shaky finger pointing towards you know where you walked in before, or where you walked past before. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna thank you very much, good sir. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. I'm going to go towards the tavern. Oh, my God. That was like pulling teeth. Um, 
<laughs> All right. Um. So <laughs> everyone else is like, "Aren't we waiting for something?" Yeah, like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, this is all happening concurrently, so you're fine. Um. <laughs> so this is why I gave Cedric a head start. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you see. Uh, this uh, nicely um, painted and kept building um, where the old man directed you with uh, this wooden songbird shaped sign hanging over the door and nice open windows letting in the sunlight and the spring breeze. Uh, okay. I'm going to walk inside and I'm going to... Oh, you're also now on the map. Yeah. Farmer. Farmer. Oops. Nope. That is the wrong layer. Oh, I was doing so well until just then. Okay. Because I now actually want to be there. He's now there. now it belongs to you. Okay. Now everybody's yeah. on the map and well except for Kay. We'll get to Kay. All right. Um yeah, same um similar interior, uh clean, neatly kept. Um there's a few people in here. There's a uh, two taller men um standing at the bar. It looks like they've just um made an exchange of some kind with uh the bartender. Um, and they are kind of on either side of two large men that are sitting on stools at the bar. Um, and then there's this, uh, a young woman kind of by the door and, uh, an older man at one of the tables behind a mountain of papers. Um, all right. Uh, I am going to like speak to the entire bar. Hello, my name is Cedric, and I'm looking for some people who might be interested in joining me on a noble quest. Lucanus, Lucanus, oh, oh, sorry. Oh no, you're you're fine. What do you want to do? Uh, Lucanus calls up from the from the front of the bar, almost heckling. How much are you paying? And just as he yells that, uh, a sound at the front door, so right behind where you just came in, Cedric, and right next to where Artemis is standing, a sound at the door causes each of you to look in that direction, and you see a young woman pushing it open with her hip. Her arms are full of packages wrapped in brown paper and tied with twine. Kay, you finally get to introduce yourself to us. Yay! Oh my god, okay. (laughs) Okay, so should I like show my character and then also describe them? I drew my character because I'm like, I should get on the block. So she is human-like, kind of average height. She doesn't know exactly how old she is, um, but you get the sense kind of like older teenager, young adult somewhere in there. Um, her, She has like these bright blue eyes and just kind of like normal brown hair, but right around her cheeks and a little bit on her shoulders is this little like bluish kind of overtone. Um, and she comes in and she's wearing just like a white flowy top and these pants that are like purpley, like nice kind of fady purpley. They're like the pant skirt thing that I have a name that Rebecca remembered last time, but I don't actually remember. They're still, they are still gaucho pants. (laughs) 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 And is clearly um, struggling with the packages. (laughs) Um, so the man behind the bar says, Oh, Okay, how nice to see you. Let me help you with those. And he comes Hi. out from behind the bar and Please. starts Thank grabbing you. stuff from you. It's like something starts to jostle from the top of the pile. Yeah. So <laughs> Leon's going to take some stuff from you and sort of um, lead Thanks, you into the Leon. back room where you guys can start stowing things and you can sort of um, 
chat for a moment um, while you guys are stowing stuff. But now that everybody is finally on stage, um, it is quarter after seven my time, which means that this is actually a really great place for us to take our midway very quick bio break. Um, so thank you to anyone who's um, watching so far. I hope you're enjoying our antics. And um, we finally got the party all in the same room. We're in one place. <laughs> you're yes. all in the same place. That was starting to walk. Could your, right. like, nobility wait for, like, half an hour or something? I mean, I very, I very intentionally put him in that situation, so he's Justice doing great. Justice waits for no one. <laughs> Calm down, Superman. Um, yeah, so you're all in the same room. That was step number one. Um, when we get back, we'll see about having you all actually meet one another. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to take probably, like, a five-ish minute break. Again, if you guys have questions, feel free to drop them in, like, the chat and things, or you can tweet them at us at uh, at check nature um and yeah we'll be back in like five ish um to continue the story thanks everybody rebecca that was the best way to come back from a break thank you so much for doing that <laughs> oh you didn't even hear mine this is a wendy's drive through yeah <laughs> thought it might be I thought it might be fun to incorporate Lucanus's current choice of drink into the story. <laughs> we are in a bar now. Yes, yes. That is also what I grab. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm so glad. I was I was like, I gotta put my gin and tonic in a mug so that no one can tell I'm drinking alcohol. But. Oh, nice. Oh, I, should, I should do that next time. I am uh, currently drinking Shiner Cervaza de... Verano. Out of a bottle it's like a barbarian. <laughs> yep. And it's good. Oh, DM is drinking water. <laughs> I have a peanut butter fudge puff Mybach from Platform, my favorite brewery in Cleveland. <laughs> nice. Peanut butter fudge. My, my gin is from Commonwealth, uh, which is a Virginia uh, distillery. So Awesome. That's all I got. I got root water beer. Is tonic water. And I got water in a Saranac glass. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is it local water? It is. <laughs> hey, look at that. Everybody came back after our break, so they must like what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Super Bye. No, we're all just waiting to see for when Cedric's spirit finally gets broken. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts sobbing. I, I, <laughs> oh, man. I don't I, want to break his spirit. <laughs> I'm more interested in which one of us... I'm, I'm more interested in which one of us is going to break Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know the other three of you salty, hardened misanthropes wouldn't have been compelled by her story, so I had to throw her in front of Cedric. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Mr. Plot Device. <laughs> it's funny because, like, the, not the temple guy, but the other guy who you talk to is, like, in my list of people I know, and as soon as he, she was like, oh, he was this guy, I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> I was like, well, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> He knows the captain of the guard, or she knows of the captain. Of, his, of the captain of the guard, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, like we said, now that you're all in the same room, um, Kay, uh, you and Leon um, went <clears throat> back in like the storeroom area um, to put some things away. So he stowed the packages that he'd taken from your arms, um, but he trusts 
you deliver stuff to his store all the time. Um, so he comes um, back out um, as you're finishing stowing packages. Um, so before I say what happens next, I want to make sure, are you guys placed um, where you want to be on the board, Cedric and Artemis? You're still sort of in the doorway there. Um, um, so I don't know if you want to be farther in the room or if you're good there. Did when I when I asked the did, have I asked the question that I asked at the cutscene? What did you ask? Uh, that, looking for Casper. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so uh, as you uh, as you asked that, you hear this sort of like um, mumbling and some more papers fall um, from the guy in the corner. Um, he doesn't like necessarily like answer answer, but it seems like that might have um, that might have been acknowledged in some way. Uh, is that is. Is this clicking working right now? It should be working. Uh, is that? Oh, click and hold. There we go. Is that the guy right yes. there? Okay. Yes. So, so I'm gonna walk over there. So I'm over. I'm over here. Okay. Alrighty. Um. And Cedric, did you still want to be in the doorway? <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I just I walked in and I said that they were said, and now I'm waiting. Hanging out. I, uh, yeah. I mean, like. I was going to respond to what Lucanus said, but I'll let Rebecca. I don't want to. Okay, well, yeah, take turns. <clears throat> oh, that's it. I just repositioned myself when that guy grunted. That's where I'm, that is where I'm standing when you burst in the door. <laughs> All, right. All right, well then, Lucanus, when you say that, I'm, uh, Cedric pulls out his wallet, plops it on the nearest table. And is like, I have, actually, let me so you're dumping stuff out on the all, all of my coins on the table. I have 47 gold. I'll put you there. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, what do you need, first of all? I'm, I'm glad you asked, sir. I can <laughs> tell that you're a valiant adventurer. I'm, uh, I believe that there's a young woman being held in captivity, and I'm looking for some adventurers to help me free her. As you guys are having this conversation, uh, Leon comes out from the back with uh, two plates of food um, <clears throat> and sets a meal down in front of the guys that are um, there sitting at the bar. And upon hearing a uh, young woman in danger, I kind of like cock my head off to the side a little bit and start clearly like paying more attention. Okay. Uh, As well, I can tell you're a strong... Um, you guys are still like yelling across the bar. <laughs> I can tell you're a strong... I'm going to start walk, slowly walking towards him. Uh, are you leaving I, your gold on no, the No, no, I scooped you back. <laughs> yeah. um, Just checking. Naive, not that naive. <laughs> in fact, every time Cedric is walking around in the city, he's like got his hand on his wall. He's doing that like yeah. tourist mm -hmm. thing where it's like... Making sure you it's not stolen. You those little money belts that goes under your clothes? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> and I assume that costs two silver, so I'm going to remove that. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm going to walk up to Lucanus. You see like a strong, young uh, elf? Is that right? Um, just as you were saying that and you've uh, gotten to him, um, all of a sudden there is... I'm changing the music again. Um, all of a sudden, there is an outburst um, from one of the men sort of next to where you're standing, and he flips his plate at the same time. What the fuck is this? We asked for a fish dinner, and this is what you give us? This tastes like shit. You've got some nerve, little man. And he reaches across the bar, grabs Leon by the collar, and punches him in the face. And Leon goes flying back and hits the back wall and all of the dishes that are on the, um, the shelves 
overhead um, go rattling, and I need everybody to roll initiative. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Dang it. Uh, which dice is that again? Uh, so that's a 20, and then you'll add your um, initiative modifier. Uh, so, by the way, should I just assume that it's a 20 and unless it says otherwise? Yes. Um, okay. You're going to roll a 20 anytime you do initiative, anytime you do an attack roll, anytime you do a check. Um, okay. The only time you'd roll other dice is like when you're doing your weapon damage, basically, gotcha. or like, using a healing potion. Uh, <laughs> I got a 9, and then I have a plus okay. 2 initiative. Yeah, um, so wait for a minute, because I'll, I'll do the thing that I stole from Matt Mercer. Um. <laughs> Am I included in the everybody? Because I'm yes. like in the back corner. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you, you could have been, um, so where I have you is like you were literally just coming out of the yeah, back room okay. when this outburst occurred. Um, all right, so does anybody have uh, initiative higher than 20? I have I have uh, 21. All right. Oh, Arden. wow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, 20 to 15. I have 15. All right, Fletcher at 15. Um, 15 to 10. I have a 10. I, I have a 13. Okay. Um, oh. Kay, what is your uh, dexterity? I have... Um, oh, sorry. Dexterity is um, a plus three. Okay. I have a, um, uh, an 11. Sorry. I should have said that earlier. That's all right. Um, all right. So Kay had a 13. And then who was after that? Uh, Joe has an 11. I have a 10. Okay. So <laughs> Lucanus with 11. <laughs> and the cleric bringing up the rear. <laughs> Doesn't he always? Those were canon practice sessions, Nancy. <laughs> I had a vivid dream this one time. <laughs> I the sense that that dwarf is very useless. <laughs> I'll talk, but incredibly useless. All right. Um, so, Artemis, you hear this outburst, and... Um, yeah, you hear this outburst and you see the the grab and the punch and the bartender go flying against the back wall. What are you doing? Uh, could you click which one of the guys that it was that did that? Um, yeah, so it was this guy. The, the All right. Left. He's an asshole. Yeah, I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move to about here. And I look rough, rough and ready, but observant. Okay, rough and ready, but observant. <laughs> okay. Was that that's your turn? That's it. That's it. That's all I'm gonna do. Okay. Um, so next is uh, Leon. So he got like like pushed back here. Um, so he's just sort of shaking, like shaking his head, trying to get up um, from against the wall. Um, so that's he's gonna spend his turn sort of like reorienting himself and standing up. Um, Fletcher, you're next. Uh, so I had moved down to the end of the bar, um, and was kind of collecting myself and reorganizing my things. We're heading to my room. Uh, and so obviously I, I turned very quickly when I saw that happening. Um, and so my first reaction was to immediately cast a uh, shield on myself because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm from a little town and then I went to into academia so the real world is an enigma <laughs> <laughs> what is this real world you speak of 
Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I cast uh, first level shield on myself, um, doing my little like hand movement to put the ar- like magical armor over myself or create a, it's like a force shield in front of myself um, and scoop the rest of the stuff I had like been organizing on the counter into my bag. Um, Bunch of I, heroes. <laughs> I, get out, I do get out of my chair and I, I move a little bit uh, back away from the bar. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? Yep. All right. Uh, Kay, you've just seen your good friend Leon be punched by one of these ruffians at the bar, and he's disoriented and trying to um, right himself against the wall. And um, if you are you looking over at the guy that just punched him? Yeah. Yeah, you can see that that guy and his companion both look like they're getting ready to getting ready to move, and they might even have their hands at their hips. Um, okay, how many squares can I run at a time? Uh, six. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to use my... Or 12 if you use your whole a whole turn. Yeah, I think I'm going to use a whole turn, but stand in front of Leon, like, so I can move there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just start shouting at them, like, what the hell? Like, what gives? What makes you think that you can just, like punch whoever you want. Like, I'm sorry you don't like your fish, but have you tried using your words? <laughs> <laughs> um, make a... Yeah, let's make make it an intimidation check. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Very intimidating. All right. Um, intimidation, I'm guessing, is in skills. Hold on. Sorry, team. I haven't... That's okay. Intimidation. Um, where, oh, there it is. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I got a one, and my modifier is zero. So. Okay, cool. Solid one. So you, you plant yourself, and you start screaming at him. And you start crying a little bit. Yeah, yeah probably. Boys cracks. <laughs> you big meanie people. Didn't you half manners? Grew up on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So they don't seem very phased by that. Um, so they are both gonna. Uh, well, yeah. So one of them is gonna manage to leap over the bar and come up right next to right next to you and Leon. And the other one isn't gonna quite make it off the bar. He didn't. He got a. He's too drunk. He tripped and. Well, he, he got his. He got. He got his leg like stuck in the bar stool. <laughs> they are so angry about these fish dinners. <laughs> um, but they both now um, have daggers in their hands. Um, so that's fun times. Kay immediately um, regrets what she did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's not even in armor. She's just like in towny clothes. She's gonna get like stabbed real yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the first guy, um, the guy that's right next, like to your side, Kay, he's uh, going at Leon um, with his dagger. And that is, yeah. Um, so he definitely he hits um, with his dagger, and it does. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, yeah, so he, like, he he leaps across the bar so quickly, and he's already got the dagger out that he basically sort of uses that momentum and, like, runs it right into Leon's side, and it does not not look good. That, that Your friend does not look good. 
um, the other guy is gonna um, sort of wave his dagger in your face and be like, and what are you gonna do about it? Um, and, and oh, you are like this guy, like he might just be, he might only be waving a dagger in your face. Like he's got a long sword on his hip too, but right now he's only got a dagger out. But like this guy is huge compared to you and pretty scary. Um, yeah. So you're definitely, there's, there's one of them, you know, quite a bit taller than you and very and muscular. he's like standing on your, the bar stable. To your side. And yes, the other one is like, like crouched on the bar, like kind of above you, um, yelling at you and waving his dagger in your face. And you're, you're immediately regret my decision. Yeah. You're feeling a little nervous. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea about six seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> How very accurate. Um, Lucanus, it's your turn. Uh, I turn to Cedric and say, uh, what do you say we take care of this and then talk business? <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, um, Cedric, what do you say? <laughs> sounds, sounds like a good idea to me. All right. So, um, I jump across the bar. Okay. Um, can you do a blah, 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 blah. What is the thing that I want? You're you're jumping across the bar. What dexterity check? Um, uh, uh, do a tumble for me. A tumble. A tumble check. A tumble check. Tumble check. Uh, D20. Yep, a D20, and then add your tumble skill check. Uh, I am going to have a nine. And I don't know where my tumble skill check is. Hold on. It'll, oh, in uh, alphabetical order. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's um. All the listeners who are familiar with D and D will now realize that we're not playing fifth edition. Yeah, because we're not using <laughs> acrobatics and athletics. You are yeah. correct. We're playing three five because I'm old school. Yeah. Um, zero modifier. Um, tumble uses your dexterity, um, in addition to any skill points you put in it. So what's your dexterity modifier? Oh, okay. Uh, my dexterity modifier is plus two. Okay. So a nine plus two is 11. Yep. Um, yeah, that's enough for you to make it over the bar and still have some movement. Um, so where would you like to end up? <laughs> I'm like, uh, let's see whoever the biggest guy is. Uh, They're I want to pretty, pretty equal. You might, now that you're getting a, a good look at them as they move, they might almost be brothers. Okay. Uh, who's the bigger Who's the bigger threat to the people in the bar? I mean, um, this guy just stabbed, stabbed the bartender, and it looks pretty bad. Okay. Um, this This is the guy who punched the bartender, but he also has a dagger out and is waving okay. it in the face of the young woman that you see standing on the ground there. Cool. Uh, I want to end up with my hand on McStabby's throat, and like <laughs> one on his throat, one on his dagger. Okay. Um, so for that, you'll want to move yourself up next to him. Okay. And then if you just want to be grabbing him, that'll be a grapple check. So first thing, a grapple check provokes an attack of opportunity. So he'll swing at you with his dagger. Um, and that is going to be a 10, which is not your armor class. Um, so he misses because he wasn't expecting you to jump into the fray. Okay. Um, I don't know how to rotate my character. Oh. Um, There's a little stick with a blue square on it. I got it. There we go. Um, a stick. Um, yeah, so he swings at you sort of surprisedly with his dagger and totally misses. Um, so now you're going to do a, uh, a grapple check. 
Um, so that means you're rolling a d20 and then adding your grapple modifier. Uh, I got a four. My grapple modifier is plus three. Uh, so that's a seven. Uh, that misses. Like, he waves wildly with his dagger, but at the same time is sort of like, ah, and uh, moves out of the way. So you do not have him by the throat. Just everybody's awkward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back there. Have you ever had a fight behind a bar? Like, there's not a lot of room back there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the floor is really slippery. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. everywhere. You're lucky I gave you 10 feet of space back there. Um, yeah, so, but at least you're you're up in there in the action now, Lucanus. Um, yeah, Cedric, it's your turn. Okay, uh, so is, is the other guy still up on the bar? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to grab him and try and pull him off of the, like, off of the bar onto the side that I'm on. I'm okay, so you're, you're going for this guy? Yeah. Okay, um, so you'll have to move over to him, and then same thing, grapple checks provoke an attack of opportunity, um, which is a 13. Uh, that does not hit. Okay, um, so make your grapple check. That's a d20 plus your grapple modifier. It's only an eight. Only an eight. Nope. All right. You also you're you're doing the uh, I can't quite reach because you have to like reach up and then he's on like the edge of the bar, so you have to reach like up and over and you just you don't quite yeah. have the arm length. The, the, the dwarf thing is really yeah, it's it's kind of causing problems today. Just like um, some people on bars just don't really mix. Not accessible. I do not appreciate that. <laughs> These bars are not accessible. Alrighty, um, is that it, Cedric? Well, yeah, that's what I got. All righty. Uh, back to the top of the round, Artemis. All right, just double checking. That, wait, there we go. That's bad guy number one, and that's bad guy number two? Um, that is me. Uh, yeah, so this is bad guy number one, and this is bad guy number two. Bad guy number two is currently being flanked by Lucanus and Kay. Okay. Um, so I uh, kind of look back towards the door, and I look... <laughs> Look at the bar, and I roll, I roll my eyes a little bit, uh, and I uh, cast magic missile on guy with dagger in hand. Ooh, on on this one. Oh, yes. yes, they both have daggers in their hands, but you mean the one that stabbed the bartender? Well, the stab, stabby McStab man. Stabby McStabby. <laughs> okay. Stab man. Um, you know. <clears throat> All right, so you're casting magic missile on him. So, do some, uh, or yeah, just do some damage. Auto hits. Two, two, a big two points of damage to Stabby McStabs. So it, this little beam of light goes streaking through the through the room, and um, some of you might see it out of the corner of your eye. Uh, definitely, Lucanus and Kay, you both see this little beam of light. As it like streaks in between you and just <laughs> on this guy's shoulder, and he's like, ah, trying to figure out where it came from. Uh, anything else, Artemis? Uh, after the guy goes, ah, I kind of look up at the ceiling. <laughs> 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 and do a little whistle. <laughs> There's the, there, that guy. <laughs> So Leon is going to like stand up and um, kind of put his hand on his side to hold where he got stabbed. Um, uh, yeah, he's going to, he's going to try to move off to the side here behind Kay. Um, but that does provoke another attack of opportunity from Stabby McStabs. 
Um, who misses? Because he just got hit with something and is <laughs> distracted. All of a sudden, feels like maybe the maybe maybe he should rethink his violent tendencies. Um, <laughs> uh, Fletcher. Uh, so I yeah now I, I kind of see what's going on and people are jumping in. Uh, I move a little bit closer okay. and raise up a finger at the guy standing on the bar and let out a ray of frost. What? Okay, so that's a ray. It is. Okay. Um, is that a single straight beam or is it a? No, it's a it's a single ray. It's not a cone. It's just a single. So it's a single ray. Single yeah, uh, with no saving throw involved. Um, right. So this is a it's a it's a range to touch attack. Yes, it's a range touch attack. Yep. Um, Roll attack. What do I? I'm not familiar with touch attack. So what do I roll for that? <laughs> um. So basically, you are rolling an attack. Um. So with your with your attack modifier and whatever, and um, and a, it's a ranged attack. So that's using your dexterity modifier, not okay. your strength. Um, but then a touch attack is against his touch AC. Okay. Um, okay. So basically his touch AC includes his dexterity, but not any armor he's wearing. Okay. Uh, what well, was a 20? <gasps> a natural 20? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Just, okay. <laughs> so I would be much more 20. excited if it were a natural 20. Okay. <laughs> All right. So non-natural 20 definitely hits. Um, <laughs> so that's the guy on the bar. Um, and then uh, roll your damage. So this is cold damage, right? Yep. Cold damage. Three cold damage. Three. Alrighty. Um, so again, Kay and Lucanus, you see this. Uh, this time, it's sort of like a crackling white, like beam. It comes from a different part of the room, and again, is like going past you guys and hits the like sort of the the rib cage area of the guy um, crouching on the bar, menacing Kay, and he, he kind of hisses with the, the pain of the cold. It's like a brain freeze, but in your side. Um, <laughs> all right, Fletcher, anything else? Uh, nope. That's, I ran up into, and, and cast my spell. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's your turn. Um, okay. So I'm not wearing any armor and I don't have my weapons because I would came in with a pile of boxes. Okay. You don't have a dagger on you or anything? Uh, no, because okay. I have a sickle, and from what I understand, sickles are large. So. Oh, large-ish, yeah. <laughs> so that, that would not be with the pile of boxes. Okay. So, um, is it possible for me to like pick up one of like the bar things and like hit one of them with it? Um, yes, that would be an improvised weapon, so you'll do it at a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, but that is countered by the fact that you have a little bit of an advantage. Well, it depends on who you're hitting. If you're trying to hit the guy that's in between you and Lucanus, um, you get, um, uh, it's easier to hit him because he's being flanked by the two of you, so he's having to split his attention. And also, yeah. you would be able to use your sneak attack on him. Um, yeah, I was planning on doing that anyway, because I'm hoping Bar Guy is now very confused <laughs> with just being like, ray blasted by some cold damage mm -hmm. um yeah so if you're going for the guy that's in between you and lucanus basically just do a straight d20 roll because that'll cancel out the all um, right the advantages and the well i guess yeah the advantages and the disadvantages yeah yeah so it's like around me that i could pick up um there's like there's pictures and things kind of under the bar Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you might be able to find like a metal pitcher or something. All right. I get a pitcher and cool. try and twack Stabby McStab Stab in the face. Okay. 
I got a three. <laughs> okay, um, that does not hit him. <laughs> but you tried. Okay, that is your try. Okay, um, anything else? Are you gonna stay there? Um, I mean, where else am I gonna go, really? Uh, I don't know. Just giving you the option. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have to defend my friend who just got stabbed. But to be and fair, it. there is an entertainment district. um, Kay is loyal through and through but definitely not smart about situations (laughs) I can relate to that alrighty um, so now that Kay has gone it is uh, the bad guy's (laughs) turn the brother's turn um, okay, so let's see. Lucanus tried to grab this guy, and he also got shot from across the room. So yeah, he's sort of uh, disoriented a little bit and trying to figure out what's going on. So he's going to turn and try to stab Lucanus with his dagger. So that should be fun. Um, that's a 17. Lucanus, what's your armor class? Uh, 15. Wait, yeah, 15. 15, okay, yeah, so Stabby McStabs hits you with his dagger, doing, ooh, five points of damage. Ouchie. So, yeah, he he swings and does one of those where it comes kind of low, and it just cuts right across the front of your stomach. All right. Hurts. <laughs> All right. All right. Hurts. All right. Um, and the other brother... Um, even though he's got the dagger in his hand, um, he's maybe not quite such a jerk, especially to this girl in front of him. So he's going to try to punch you, okay? <laughs> or maybe maybe do like a leg sweep. Um, whoops. Falling off the table. Nope. He is really just balanced precariously <laughs> in the bar. That didn't work. He is so drunk right now. He that did not work at all. So he's gonna he's gonna move down here so that he doesn't have to be on the bar anymore. Yeah. Um, Lucanus, it's your turn. All right. Well, um, I am going to use some rage because Ooh. I just got a uh, uh, one third of my hit points taken away, and I am a little bit pissed off. Wow. All right. So would have killed me. So I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I uh let's see. So I can use a greatsword behind the bar, right? Yeah, there's enough okay. space. Cool. Alright. I like this sword because it is a great sword. <laughs> Not a mediocre sword or even an Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, joke I thought of earlier. Um, fun fact about the D and D universe in academia, the towers are literally ivory. Yeah, they can be. <laughs> okay, uh, so I roll, so uh, let's see, I have to roll for armor class, right? Uh, yeah, so you roll a d20 and add your attack, which again is, um, it's with your new modified strength, and because your greatsword is a two-handed weapon, you're adding one and a half times your strength. So your new strength is four, which means you're adding six, plus your base attack of one, so you're adding seven to whatever your d20 roll is. Okay, so... 14 plus 7 is 21. Uh, yeah, that hits. Do <laughs> <laughs> some right. damage to your friend there. So let's uh, let's see what 2d6s is. 2d6 plus 6. Uh, 2d6 plus 6, um, that's going to be a 12. <laughs> oh, a t- 12 total? 12 total. Yeah, yeah, Fletcher just winces as this happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some kind of sickening, like... Oh, um, yeah, because you... 
you take your sword kind of like and it, it goes like from his shoulder down across his gut and it's just this like this huge cut and he sort of like looks at it for a moment and looks at you and just like does the like <laughs> we're level one come on <laughs> he is bleeding out on the ground um in a puddle. Yeah. I have a very good attack stat. Yeah. <laughs> Joe seen. can only kill things. Bane <laughs> reaches in and he grabs his spine and you hear... <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I did try to do the throat grab and it didn't work, so... Yeah, yeah. so then I lose a third of my hit points and... Made sashimi. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, uh, Cedric, it's your turn. Uh, okay. <laughs> Cedric oh, has just Cedric witnessed... has like 500 moral dilemmas right now. <laughs> Cedric has just witnessed something horrifying. In, in my head, like, I'm out on your own. In my head, he's like covered in that guy's blood too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Spurred it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you got like flex of it on your cheek, and you're just like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I am, uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Everybody else made spells sound so cool. I want to try that. <laughs> um, so, uh, I want to try and climb over the bar where everybody else is. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, yeah you have to climb first. So yeah. let's, let's do that. Do a climb check for me. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, no. Is the, bar, is the bar table not dwarf accessible? <laughs> no, not not so much. Yeah, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons universe never got on the ADA bus. Nope. <laughs> that's actually 16. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, good. so you, you managed to, let's see, with your speed, yeah, you can you can clamber kind of up and over the bar here. So I'll put you, like, you managed to get, like, there-ish. Um, did you want to keep moving, or are you good on the bar? Um, I want to hop down, and I want to try and heal the, the bartender guy. Oh, okay. So you want to get all the way over to the bartender? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you, um, Kay, would you let him push past you? I would. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm assuming that if he if he was about to attack, if he was going to attack us, he would have done it already. I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. So if if she lets you pass, then you can probably make it all the way to here. Um, I'm just going to assume you gave me like some sort of nice hand signal. Be like, I mean, he's got this one, like kind of terrified <laughs> smile on his face. Out of the way! Out of the way! Wait. And I'm like, I'm like pushing you out of the way as I'm That's like, okay, fine. I, I allow myself to be pushed. Yeah. All right. So you make it over to the to Leon, who's still holding his side and kind of breathing heavy and leaning against the wall. Yes, yes. So I'm going to cast Cure Light Wounds on him. Okay. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. She's a D8 plus one, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, roll seven. So eight. Ooh. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, you you cast uh, Cure Light Wounds on him, and even in the thick of this kind of crazy battle and the not-so-awesome day you've been having, you really just take a moment to breathe as you put your hands on the cut, and you see it it closes up and knits itself very nicely, like entirely closed, and he is not bleeding anymore at all, and he sort of, like, takes another deep breath and sort of straightens up and gives you a look like, where did you come from? 
I needed that. I say, I say, you're okay now, friend. <laughs> okay, is that it, Cedric? That's it. Yeah. Okay, uh, Artemis. Okay, so is uh, so so Stabby McStab, who himself was McStabbed. <laughs> how is he? How's he? He's he, how's he looking? I mean, he's on the other side of the bar from you. Um, so like you saw him, this giant <laughs> slice with this huge sword from this guy on the other side of the bar, just go cutting through him, and the blood spurts everywhere, and the guy keeled over sideways. Um, but you can't see him right now. Yeah. Um, you can uh, you can see. The other guy, the other guy um, there uh, next to Kay, um, he is still vertical. So is McStabby still in one piece? Uh, yeah, he's still in one piece, but he is, he is bleeding out. Okay. All right, so I'm, I'm going to go that. ahead and shout, okay, you, if you don't, if you don't want more of it, keep <laughs> it up. If you don't, drop your weapon and lay down. Okay. Um, you're yelling that towards the combatant? Yes, to, to brother who has not been McStabbed. Okay, um, <laughs> make an intimidation check. All right. I like this de-escalation tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are real pacifists. I'm, I'm, I'm digging Well, it. I mean, they are. <laughs> All right. This whole game was developed so that nerds could, like, get out their rage, and you guys are like, no, we're still going to be, like, super chill. <laughs> we don't have any rage. <laughs> 15 with my modifier. Okay. Um, are you doing anything else? Nope. Cool. Um, all right, yeah, so Leon is still kind of, like, there-ish. Um, he's, he's just sort of looking around, not really sure what to do, just sort of standing, trying to trying to flatten himself against the wall a little bit. Um, Fletcher, <clears throat> it is your turn. Um, is there music from Phantom of the Opera playing right now? No, it's just a weird woman like, chilling in the background. I'm sorry. There's a little music going on. <laughs> I like the music. I like it. I like it. It's all it's all free music from uh, Incompetech. I love Kevin McLeod's stuff. Um, yeah. He composes hundreds of pieces that are all free online. Um, YouTubers use them in the background of their videos and stuff. So yeah, and it's great music for D and D too. Yeah. No, having music I think is <laughs> awesome for doing that. Um, I think, so Fletcher just steps forward and just steps onto one of the stools. He's not climbing over the bar. Okay. Um, so he's just stepping up on one, on one of the chairs that's there. Um, and the guy who's still, uh, by Leon and like still has a dagger drawn and all this like stuff that's going on back there. Um, he's going to, uh, Put out a, a stretched palm real fast and cast Acid Splash wow. onto uh, the guy who still has his dagger drawn and is still upright. Um, okay. How does this that... is a it's a missile uh, projectile oh. made of acid. So it doesn't um, do splash damage to people around him. No, it's okay. it's a it's a single projectile, um, and it's and it's another ranged touch attack. Cool. It can it can hit two combatants at the same time if they're right next to each other. By the way. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so you can choose for it to splash or not? Uh, oh, that, yeah. Okay. That cool. wasn't in its description. Maybe I'm remembering that from a different version, but it, mean, yeah. Maybe it's a different version. It's if they're like the one I remember is if there are two combatants next to each other, um, like square to square, and you cast acid splash, you can choose to have it damage both of them. Ah, uh, 
Um, that might be from fifth. This just says it's a small orb of acid, um, and it deals 1d3 points of acid damage. 1d3, right? Okay. So touch is d20 and dex, right? Yep, d20 and dex, and then eventually once you have a base attack bonus, (laughs) which you don't right now. (laughs) No, I do not. Uh, and that was only a five, so I think it kind of, I think it misses and hits, I miss him and it hits that yeah, that it, wall over there that nobody is by. It, it goes it goes kind of by the wall and just goes... <laughs> make this yeah. like super wet sound and just kind of like... <laughs> yeah. On the side of the wall. <laughs> we all just watch it drip down. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a little bit yeah. of like... <laughs> as it hits the floor. <laughs> it's just a giant magic loogie at this point. Yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, so Fletcher, are you doing anything else? Um, no, no, I'm just kind of standing on this chair. <laughs> standing on the stool waiting for stuff to happen. I love yeah. how he, I love how Fletcher's the most chill one in this battle, just sort of like casting spells almost just to see what they could do. Well, honestly, it sort of makes sense because um, even though some of you are older than Fletcher because of your race, he is the farthest into adulthood of any of you. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes and sense. I'm, and I'm just getting out into like, I've been, <laughs> I've been at a university. No one knows that yet. But so it's like I'm trying like trying stuff out and I don't really want to get like too involved in what's going on. So. Yeah. I like Foster that. syndrome. We've been there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Kay, it's your turn. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> she's like, <"Murp." laughs> I'm also probably covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were behind him when it happened, but still, it's kind of... I can feel it. Your, My white yeah. shirt is now no longer oh, white. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both, um, both you and Cedric need to make a trip to the laundry. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, get some OxyClean. <laughs> From Billy Mays. Uh, just for like, remember, he this guy goes after me, right? Uh, yeah, the, they yeah. they go they go after you. Yes. Um, I think. Um. It's just gonna like, well, nope. She's in it. <laughs> I doesn't want to like step over the dead dude. I guess. <laughs> Swing her picture again. Oh wait, but now like, what's his face in my whatever? She's just. She's not gonna go for it. She's gonna swing her pitcher. <laughs> okay, um, so just um, <clears throat> swing it normally um, with your strength modifier, and I'll just do the math in my head. It's fine. Okay, my strength modifier is minus one. Oh, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got a seven total. Uh, yeah, no, you kind of swing it wildly, and he just does like the lean back. <laughs> <laughs> Five of us versus one drunk guy in the bar. I mean, distraction! <laughs> distraction. Well, to be fair, he has a very good funnel point. <clears throat> okay. I imagine you could act this out really well, Nancy, with your Pyrex. The <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Well. All right, are you doing anything else, Kay? Can I do anything else? You can move, you can yell. Oh, I can move. Okay, well, I miss and then decide that maybe I don't want to stand there anymore because I'm clearly out of my league. Okay. <laughs> can I just, like, back away? Like, where can I move to? 
Anyway, um, any, any open square, basically. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go hide behind the big barbarian dude who just flashed that kid in half. So I'm going to move here. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. And as soon as you're out of the way, this guy just, um, he drops his dagger on the ground and he just rushes over and starts, like, frantically trying to put his hands, like, you know, that trying to staunch the wound kind of thing on his brother. Um, but obviously wound much bigger than hands. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's what he does. The other guy lays there bleeding. Um, yep. Uh, Lucanus, it's your turn. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to do the barbarian thing and punch him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no sword like running up to a paramedic and just <laughs> well to be fair this paramedic just, you? this paramedic just tried to rob a bar and the person his accomplice stabbed a very good person and we are gonna want to talk to him and right now because i'm a barbarian i'm not like i'm not really thinking about whether he's gonna live at this point or not so i'm just gonna punch him in the face and you're still in rage mode. Still raging. Yeah. Still in rage mode. It makes sense. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so that um, for an unarmed strike like that, um, you're gonna. Actually, you know what? Um, yeah. So basically, um, your strength modifier is a plus four right now, right? Yeah. Could I actually do uh, non-lethal damage on this? Uh, you want to punch him and do non-lethal? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so because both punching him and doing non-lethal instead of lethal both give you um, uh, minuses to your attack, um, just roll a straight d20 for me and we'll see what happens. All right. <clears throat> uh, five. Uh, yeah, no. Um, you, you try to punch him, but there's like blood and you're slipping and it's... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really work. Do you really got to be music? some kind of health code violation going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, and, the, and the guy is like on his knees now, and he's like trying to do the thing. So you just you, you're trying to figure out where it would be best to punch him to like knock him out, and it just doesn't doesn't, doesn't work. happen this turn. Play, play <laughs> circus music. Play circus music. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I have a feeling that my character is going to be slipping on blood a lot, so oh, as yeah. soon as I can buy non-slip shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice pair of non-slip keens. Keens, yeah. Alrighty, um, Cedric, it's your turn. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna pull the, the the guy that I just healed. I'm gonna kind of try and pull him away from the battle. Um, and okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, <laughs> uh, are you like pushing him, like pushing him back into that corner, or yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, like back back into the corner? Okay, yeah, so he'll he'll go into the corner if you're pushing yeah. him that way. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's, and I'm just gonna kind of protect him from the ongoing battle. Okay, all right. Um, anything else? No. Not on the floor. All right. That's it. Huh? Okay, uh, Artemis, your turn again. Um, I'm going to move there, and and once again. 
look at the brother that's not bleeding out all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are almost making me feel guilty about this. Look, what, pal? It's clear this isn't working out well for you or your friend here. <laughs> you, you need to both, you need to back down and maybe someone here will help you. But enough's enough. Okay. Um, make a, are you trying to like scare him or are you trying to persuade him? It kind of sounded like a little bit of both there. Uh, more persuade, more persuadey. Okay. I um, think so he's, do a diplomacy check this time. I think he's probably pretty scared already. <laughs> How did that even happen, you stupid, stupid die? Oh, no. Did you die aren't playing nicely, huh? No, they aren't. So I rolled a one, but I have a modifier of three, so four. Yay. um, I mean, he's otherwise occupied right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything else? That's that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) The Um, wind just goes out of here. It's like, (sighs) (laughs) Um, okay. uh, Yeah, Leon is um, back there in the corner with um, Cedric protecting him, just sort of watching everything. And like, uh, I mean, he's gonna yell something about, uh, "Kay, be careful," Um, because you're the only one he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give a fuck about the rest of you guys. I mean, he doesn't know anybody else. <laughs> Why would he? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Save his life. <laughs> yeah, he rented you guys rooms, but he didn't get names. Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> um, I'm like Ecuador, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was busy. You got the money. Um, yeah, I was busy. Um, uh, Fletcher, it's your turn. Um, so since I'm standing up on this chair and I see what's going on, I, mm-hmm. I, I think Fletcher just yells out like. Okay, I think everybody just needs to stop it. Why are you all being this stupid continuing this? Um, which I is, I guess is kind of his version of diplomacy. Because um, <laughs> he, is, he is not very charismatic. So. Okay. <laughs> I feel like 15. Try diplomacy. Okay, 15. Um, 15. Yeah, I feel like um, probably most of the people in the room hear you. Um, let's see here. Which is bullshit because I'm hella charismatic. <laughs> Does diplomacy um, work against it? <laughs> um, even even Lucanus, through your rage, you hear this guy standing on a bar stool yelling that everybody should calm down, and even you were like, "Yeah, I mean that guy on the floor looks pretty <laughs> messed up. I I could probably de-escalate this now." All right. So, um, uh, oh. Fletcher, are you doing anything else? Um, I I think I I think I shout that. First, um, okay. and probably realizing I'm kind of at kind of at the extent of what I can expend, really, uh, <laughs> in 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 terms of doing much. Um, I step off the stool and and step back a little bit. Um, <laughs> of course, but I, I think I what is it? Uh, I don't think has it been a minute yet, Cheryl? No, in battle. No. So I, I step back a little bit and turn. I still have, so I still have my uh, force shield in front of me, uh, hoping that things settle down. <laughs> um, yeah, this is only round five, so you're good. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Kay, it's your turn. Um, I uh, can I Cedric? Will you let me pass? Can I like run past you to my friend? Can I like kind of half-heartedly shove you out of the way? Yeah. 
Okay. I have had to shove you out of the way in a frantic to get to my friend and then look at you and I'm like, dude, this other guy is bleeding out. You're not going to fix him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then I just go back and like start like, Leon, how are you doing? Like, are you okay? Like, that was pretty rough. It was pretty crazy, huh? Like, what did you put in that fish? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the brother is still frantically, um, trying to staunch the wounds of the guy on the ground. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's still trying to staunch the wounds of the guy on the ground who's still laying there unconsciously. Um, Lucanus, it's your turn. All right. So Lucanus picks up the dagger, puts it into his bag. And he decides to de-escalate the situation. Um, By promptly murdering the other one? So I gain a dagger, right, by picking that up? You do. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. yeah. You, do, you do, in fact, gain a dagger. First person to loot. <laughs> Usually, what Lily's took on that is before. <laughs> no, that's so he puts his he puts his hand on the other brother's shoulder, very mm-hmm. menacingly, forcibly looks into his eyes and says, "What the fuck, man?" And can I roll intimidation on that? You certainly can, and um, add your um, <clears throat> your strength modifier, which if you're not doing any like attacking thing right now i think you lose it wait i'm not doing wait, any attacking I, so sorry i'm looking at this wait does that not have it oh, no it doesn't say that it, it okay um yeah no okay so you can you can end the rage if you want or you can keep raging um well, I mean, since I'm not doing anything, any fighting on this turn, does that, doesn't the rage automatically end if I not? That's, that's a rule in fifth. Um, in, uh, that's what I was just looking up in the three, five book. It just says, um, <clears throat> a fit of rage, uh, lasts for a number of rounds equal to three plus the character's newly improved constitution modifiers. So technically your rage could last for seven rounds. Um, oh, but you, okay. But you can choose to end it prematurely if you desire. Oh, no. If, if it helps the intimidation factor, I'm going to go for that because okay. Fletcher has convinced me to de-escalate the situation. And okay. I mean, I'm a barbarian, so it's... <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So that'll be a, a D20 plus whatever um, point or whatever ranks you might have in intimidation plus your new strengths uh, modifier of plus four. Okay. So, shit, got a three. Oh, no. Uh, so that's going to be a plus four. Um, and intimidation is going to be a plus one. Okay, so eight total. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of ignoring you. He's still like checking on his brother and trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. Um, well, as long as, he, as long as he doesn't have his dagger. <laughs> you did. You did take that. <laughs> um, all right. So that was Lucanus. Uh, Cedric. 
How badly damaged does the guy look that Lucanus cut in half? I mean, um, you're wearing part of his intestines as like a necklace. <laughs> um, that depends. Do you want to look from where you're? Well, you're kind of like next to him. Um, do you just want to like like look at him, or do you want to like get down and like look at him? Uh, I'm gonna get down and, and actually look at him. Okay. Do, a heel, I can do, do a heel check for me. Oh no, that's not good. Um, that's a seven. Do I hear um, men at work oh in the my background? God. There is a giant, huh? What was that? I thought I heard men at work in the background. Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you got a seven. Oh my God, there is a giant gash in this guy. There is blood everywhere. <laughs> I, it's um, almost as if he got hit by a barbarian. Yeah, a giant sword. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, healing for one hit point. All I can do. Okay. You give him one hit point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Anything else? Uh, so he's slightly less dead than he was. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna start. I mean, I'm gonna put, I put my hands on him. And I'm just gonna start praying and and uh, trying to heal him as much as I can, and okay. also trying to help hold his wound close. <laughs> <laughs> at, at one hit point, like he might accidentally knock him out just by. Well, you had a what, army ants to like suture the wound shut. Right, yeah. I'm I'm starting I'm starting at like the you know the the, the close end of the wound and just like, <laughs> <laughs> like making it pie crust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as I go crimping the wound. Yeah. Okay. Um. So at the end of that round of combat, um, you can see that the brother on his knees, the one that's still conscious, is he's pretty much given up. He's not fighting anymore. Um. So we can say that we're out of combat. Good job, everybody. Yay! Yay. Ooh, that was the thing that happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, just as um, Cedric, you are are giving one hit point to the guy on the floor there. Um, a a a, a guy kind of bursts in through the front door, um, and you can see he's wearing um, a little bit of armor, um, and it looks almost like he might be some sort of guard type figure, um, and he kind of opens the door and looks in and goes, what's going on in here? Anybody? Well, you see, see these guys here, the, the one that is bleeding and the other one who isn't bleeding that is definitely looking like he is worried about the one that's bleeding. Anyway, they said something bad, like, like sucked about the fish, I guess, and then like punched Leon over here. And we all know Leon, like he's a good guy. Like he wouldn't have done anything. So he just like punched him and then all of a sudden like stabbed him for like no reason. And then, and then like all hell broke loose and that guy over there with the <laughs> sword just like cut this guy in half, but we were being like attacked. So like, it's kind of okay, but I think it's over now. Uh, <laughs> Except this guy is dying. <laughs> that guy is dying. So, Kay, you you recognize this pretty average-looking human. Um, he's he is one of the town guards. Um, and he comes forward and, oh, Leon, are are you okay? And Leon sort of 
nods his head and he's like, yes, Henry, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. And, and really um, thanks to this guy over here with the weird hammery thing, because he was like bleeding out and I thought he was going to die because he like got all pale and stuff and there was like blood everywhere and it was like kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden this guy like touched him and it healed itself. And that was kind of cool. But I, I think he's not doing as good with, with the other guy that's dying. So yeah. Lucanus just sort of looks up that like, in. yeah. <laughs> all that in and he, he kind of like looks like, you know, does like the peer over the bar and the guy that's on his knees kind of like looks up and his shoulders sag and, and the guard's like, ah, ah I should have known. What you've got here is uh, George and Fred Wellesley and they're troublemakers. I'm going to let that one pause for a moment. Um, they laughed. Um, <laughs> they're troublemakers. I'll deal with them. Thank you. So he, he comes behind the bar and, and um, he makes the, the conscious brother pick up the unconscious brother. Um, <laughs> who is no longer dying. He's, he's no longer dying. He oh. is stable. Can I grab his other dagger? Um, I mean, yeah, it's also on the floor. Um, okay. Make a sleight of hand check. Oh, I guess I have to do that. Is that the D20? Uh, yeah. I just see, like, Lucan. It's just be like... Uh, 16. Okay. Um... First decent roll I've gotten since... Oh, yeah. Um, yep, you, yeah. That was a pretty good roll. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the guard got a one. So, yeah, you sneak that dagger. Um, the guard is now also covered in blood. Very distracting. Guard, guard doesn't <laughs> notice because he's making um, the conscious brother, um, George, pick up Fred. Um, and they're going to, he's going to start ushering them out. He's going to take them to the jail and deal with them um because he's he's checked on leon and leon seems okay for the most part um the guard henry does sort of give a, a glance around the room as he's walking out and he sort of like sizes up lucanus and the giant sword and uh cedric and the warhammer and just sort of like looks long and hard at the two of you and is kind of like you folks uh, aren't from around here are you nope I've never seen them before in my life. <laughs> I do not know who they are. But good thing they were here, or else Leon would be like literally, you would be dragging him out, bleeding a bleeding mess, and not that other guy. So, yeah, um, it's an awfully big sword. Meh. I use it well. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so he just kind of like you know gives you one more look. To each of you. It really is a great sword. <laughs> and just sort of turns and and uh, you know ushers the other ushers the brothers out. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you are now um, no more bad guys in the bar. Um, just like hanging out. All right. Well, Cedric is still like <laughs> blood up to his elbows. He's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna like. I mean, it's short up. enough. I'm surprised he's not drowning in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's had his arms inside of another person. Yeah. He's um, going to grab a glass off of the back of the bar and a bottle of something brown and, like, like put it on the bar and then, like, climb up onto the bar and climb over to the other side of the bar and then, like, sit down in a stool and, like, pour himself a glass. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you a, a half a second to get back over the bar because there are no stools on this side and also really with blood. I put my foot in, like, the line. Yeah. So. 
So I, I see him do all that, shrug, sit down, and start eating the, the food that these guys are complaining about. <laughs> Kay looks at her and is like, um, and I, Liam, I, I'm yeah. going to guess that you were one of the magic blast people. Like, maybe we could just give you a free not happy meal. <laughs> right, Liam? Mad, magic blast? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, is there blood on the food box? I mean, clearly, <laughs> maybe, clearly, clearly this man here is, is some kind of, of wizard. I think he, he's the one where we saw all that magic coming from. I I was just standing here and hoping that everyone would calm down. Perfect. You get to pay for your food then. And Leon, put, Leon puts his hands up and says, no, no, no. I, I appreciate so much the, the help you gave me. Uh, I... I know the fish has not been the best lately, but that's no reason to start a fight. To like <laughs> it tastes really fine to me. I've definitely had worse. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it has not been as good as it once was, but uh, I mean, it is what I have to serve. Uh, but yes, no, you can, please, you can all have a drink and a meal for, for helping. Thank you. Alright. So... All right. Yeah. Um, Lucanus turns to Kay. Are you all right, miss? Um, I think so. I think I'm just more shooken up than anything. She's like visibly trembling, like the adrenaline is like, (laughs) (laughs) and she like realizes she's still holding the pitcher and like turns around and like puts it on the back of the (laughs) bottle. And you're like, you're like 16-ish, right? She's like 18-ish. But she probably, but like, you know, of her backstory, she probably is more mentally around, like, 16, 17. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. not quite as mature as you would expect, like, an 18-year-old to be. Yeah. Well, Lucanus, Lucanus hands her a dagger and says, it seems like you could probably use this at some point in the future. Cool. Thanks, friend. Uh, so, so... Free food! <laughs> <laughs> she takes it. <laughs> Cedric leans towards Artemis, who's sitting kind of next to him at the bar. Uh, and <laughs> so, is this um, is this normal human custom? Poor Cedric has life. This is this is my good dwarf friend. This is normal human custom for assholes. So what we just seen is a prime example of the subgroup of human asshole. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I know a couple of rock dwarves. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar. Very similar. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. I'm, I'm a human-ish. Anyway, we're not all like this. I, I don't know who you, who else you've met, but uh, this, this is not normal. Yeah. We normally don't stab each other over fish. <laughs> okay. Um, what about chopping people in half? Is that normal elf behavior? <laughs> I can't speak on behalf of elves. Uh, you know, as far as I know, now it is. All right. Wow. I didn't uh, realize how so, violent it was going to be over here. Lucanus sits down and uh, uh, next to the thing and um, pours himself a drink from the brown bottle and... Uh, kind of winces at his wound, and um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheers you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and cheers is cheers is Cedric. Cedric's been drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably a bit traumatized. Fletcher's Fletcher's so, starts to the bar. 
Um, and just like extends out a cup that was there to Cedric to get a pour of the drink. And he's like, no, things usually are, I've never experienced anything this uncivilized before. Uh, That's good to know. And I, I pour you, I pour you like a big, big glass. <laughs> and then he just kind of starts, uh, staring at Lucanus while, while he's like drinking. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, like the sip and like stare over the lip of the he looks, Like he looks, he looks very, very interested in Lucanus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Go. No, go on. So Kay is just kind of like going to lean on the bar table from behind. and just be like, so where are y'all from? <laughs> Uh, uh, Dormont. I'm from Dormont. You know, the the capital. Now who? Uh-huh. And uh, the rest of you? Oh, I, oh uh, I'm, here. I'm actually originally from Mossfield, uh, which which is sort of near Dormont in Tenebria, so it, I, I guess we're, we're from the same part of the world, you and I. Yeah, yeah, we are. What a small world that you would meet each other here. <laughs> Saving the life. Someone and else? not on the boat they rode in together on? <laughs> they didn't see each other. On the we boat. didn't encounter each other. <laughs> I uh, saw him, but he didn't see me. Uh, and I'm the from, other two of you? I'm from Blue Hair. Um, I'm, okay. butch- I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of it. It's totally fine. You can pronounce it whoever you want. Here. It's how the dwarves pronounce it. Yeah. It's spelled with a V. here. I think Cedric's a little bit drunk at this point. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right, and then looks at Lucanus. Uh, you know, this is my home now. You're right. Do y'all have names? I'll go first. My name is Kay, and I live here, and I do, and I, like, bring stuff to the bar, because my parents run the store, and that's what I was planning on doing today before this mess all happened, so that's kind of my name and my story, so. Oh, well, I'm Fletcher. Uh, I'm, I'm a traveling wizard from the Dewan College of the Arcane Arts. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. That's that's very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a a cleric uh, of Morgan. Uh, <laughs> He's so and, sad about that whole thing. It, it took one game to break his spirit. <laughs> one game. <laughs> a cleric of Morgan. I'm here to spread the word of Morgan to. Uh, you know, the people who live here, I guess. Um, actually, I was... Uh, I came here because I was looking for adventurers. Uh, and I guess... Would, would any of you guys be interested in going on an adventure with me? You sound so much less enthusiastic than you did before the fight. <laughs> It's been a rough day. I seem I seem to remember you plunking down a coin purse and talking about pay for this adventure. What were you thinking? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I mean, this guy seems like he's willing to chop people in half for free. 
Um, I there's a there's a woman being held captive near here. Um, I don't know. I felt like maybe I should do something about that. How do you guys feel about helping me out with that? You guys all seem pretty capable in a fight. Well, well you know what she looks the like? three of you do. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, hey, I was like juggling boxes, okay? Like no stabbing people no on it was like, not, it was a chaotic situation for all of us. Well, she has a dagger now, so Indeed, I have a dagger now. <laughs> That's good. Um no. Well, uh honestly, um uh, I came here for uh my own sort of uh exploring purposes. So uh that I I'd I'd I don't think I'd be joining on uh, such a superfluous endeavor. Uh, doesn't really doesn't really accomplish what I'm here to do. Do humans really place so little value on <laughs> the lives of of their kin? Some more than others. That I mean, there were two people who just tried to stab someone over fish. So maybe it depends on who you ask. <laughs> There's evils everywhere. If you try to stop everything happening in the world, you'll never get anything done in your own life. Stopping evil might be getting something done. Well, it's not my priority. Typical. I'll go. I'll go with you. A one one gold piece. That's all I ask. I I I'd be glad to have you along. Do you don't expect much more from the wizard, though. <laughs> can can you like explain the situation more? Like you're being a little bit vague. Oh, there's a brothel down near the docks. <laughs> uh, there was a woman there who asked me to help her, uh, and a very rude man who also seemed to work in the brothel. He seemed to be keeping her against her will. Um, and when I tried to speak with her, he prevented me from doing it. Uh, I would have forced my way in there, uh, but I thought it better to get a little bit of backup first. Or a tall um, bit of backup? <laughs> uh, is that a or short a big joke? bit of backup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you guys are all so freakishly large, it would be probably an easy thing for, for you to uh, come Help me out. Um, I haven't had any luck yet finding anyone to, to help me. So Candace looks down at his glass and says, you know, I'm going to be honest. I spent the uh, uh, last of my last of my money um, fleeing from my hometown and I need some income and I'm here to help. I'm here to figure out um, my journey to figure out what what happened to us led me here. So I'll go with you um, and I'll ask a gold piece as well. But uh, Excellent. I, uh, I'm going to need, um, I'm going to need some help uh, uh, finding some people who can either guide me around or um, are kind of curious <laughs> about what's happening around here. Well, uh, um, you have a townie. At that moment, um, you hear a light cough, like someone clearing his throat, <clears> throat> um, from the table in the, the corner there by the door. Um, 
Behind the mountain of papers and books, you can just make out the sparkling eyes and frizzy white hair of an older man. Uh, he clears his throat again and crooks one finger at the whole group of you. Is it? Is this? Do I? I know. Do I know this guy? I think I know this guy. Um, knowledge local. <clears throat> oh, I th I assume this guy was in the list of the guy that you. Oh, he might be. I don't have your list. In, uh, right now. Oh, is so. the man at the table? You said. Yeah. Um. Can I like send you a message? You can. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna... Of who I think of who I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how uh, are you? Uh, Twitter. Yeah. Go, go, go. I should have this pulled up, but I didn't expect this to happen. Uh, I didn't realize I'd studied the sheet so well. <laughs> should we should we uh, move our characters to their to their proper bar stools? Um, you can, but it doesn't really matter. We're not using the the map because we're not in combat. But. Okay. Okay, I have sent you. Okay, I will see if I get the message. <laughs> Or not. There we go. I have multiple messages. Come on. Oh my gosh, phone. Why are you being so terrible? You can ignore mine. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know why it's not showing me the message. That's not sure. Hold on. I will do it on the computer. Is it it's sent? I, I mean, yeah, it's saying it's sent. My phone is just being obnoxious right now. <laughs> um, I think seeing all the papers and the advanced age of the man, like seeing his, so it probably seems like he knows things going on around oh, this area. Uh, uh, Fletcher yeah. goes over when he when he calls okay. to them. Um, Kay, it's not it's not him. Um, okay. But if you want to do a knowledge local check, you can see if it's okay. Thank you. That uh, that guy does would not have papers with him. Okay, I see. <clears throat> yeah. While you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm, I sit it slides off the stool and grabs the bottle off the bar and kind of walks over towards the guy. Okay. With, with, uh, Fletcher. And then I follow right behind and go, you wouldn't be Casper by chance, would you? Oh, I would, actually. Um, Lucanus, I, is, Lucanus is suddenly very interested and walks over with the group. Yeah. Um, I get a four. Uh, what, a four? <laughs> okay. I mean, you've, like, seen him around, but you don't really yeah. know who he is. Um so you guys see a man in his late 70s. Uh, his body, now stooping and rather frail in appearance, still shows the ghost of a muscular military physique. Um, his hair frizzes up around his head in a white puff, and he has immaculate white facial hair, a long mustachio, and a pointed goatee. Um, his myopic eyes are watery blue, but very shrewd, and he peers at each one of you um, as you come over. Well, uh, would you like to join us on our quest, my good man? Well, uh, not exactly. Um, but it sounds like you're interested in going on an adventure, and uh, I'm looking for adventurers, as it happens. Um, so I've been on the lookout for people such as yourselves. Uh, in my youth, I had a lot of gusto for helping people and going on adventures. I'm not quite as fit as I once was, but I'm still up for adventures of the mind. Do you see all of these notes? And he shuffles the papers, many of which slide onto the floor in a big cascade. 
I've been collecting notes and stories from all over the world. I'm the chief cartographer for the Royal Academy of Explorers. My position was only recently funded by our gracious patron, Queen Matilda. May the gods smile on her. My passion and mission henceforward is to create new maps of the world, the very best we can devise. And that is why I have come to Arda. Well, that and the opening of the Academy's new building, which should be ready soon. But I am here to collect similar amounts of information about this new place. The entire continent is undiscovered, unexplored. It needs to be mapped out so that the peoples of the world can start putting it to proper use. Uh, and that leads me back to you, my friends. Young, capable people like yourselves would be well-suited to being the first to see this land. Yours can be the first boots on the peaks of its majestic mountains. Yours the first heads to be brushed by the leaves of its dark forests. Yours the first throats to drink the clear water of its streams. What do you say, hmm? Does a job as explorers for the Academy appeal to you? It does pay, of course. Yeah, Fletcher moves to the stool right across from him, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm I'm from the Duin College, where the Academy of Explorers is based, and that's I'm I'm here to explore this land and and determine the origin of the loss. Uh, this sounds like exactly th this would benefit my research immensely." That's most excellent. Would you be interested in being the leader of an exploring party? I, I could try to lead, definitely, but I, I doubt I can make it through this land on my own. Oh, of course, of course. But uh, the, uh, hopefully your friends would be interested in joining you on this adventure. He's like, well, <laughs> I don't really know them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we're acquaintances at best. Maybe we're, we're battle partners. Yeah, battle. Yeah, battle comrades. Battle acquaintances. We can kill each other. I mean, I'd be willing to accompany you, uh, wizard, uh, if in exchange you were willing to aid me with my quest first. Tradesies. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I suppose in, in the pursuit of advancing my own work, that could be a, a, a fair trade. Excellent. <laughs> I don't want to go with someone big and scary isn't going. He stares yeah. at Lucanus. Lucanus, <laughs> Lucanus sort of looks around and is like, he's, some of these guys seem a little bit squishy. <laughs> they could use a bodyguard. Besides, I got business to take care of here, so I'm down. I saw the dwarf, but then I heard the academy had had some quite good sums of pay for tasks at hand. Uh, oh, oh yes, of course. Uh, so if you did choose to go out and adventure and explore for us, uh, I would be able to pay you every time you came back to New Sagester with any bits of information at all. Uh, any maps you were able to draw, any information about um, uh native peoples or um, natural resources and land uh, formations and things of that sort. So uh, you would be paid commensurate for, with the information that you were able to return with. Wait, wait, wait. There are native peoples? Uh, I would, one would assume so. Uh, all so, of the other continents of the world are populated, so... 
So you talked about putting putting the land to use and us being the first to walk upon it, and yet there are, there are assumed native peoples. That seems backwards. Well, I I, I don't know. I, I said I assumed, but I have no idea. Um, no one has really explored anything on this continent, and uh, no one really knows anything about it because you know prior to the loss, uh, it was completely inaccessible. Um, but as I said, uh, well. If you want us to go adventuring in this previously unexplored, as you say, land, I think uh, an advance would be fair. Uh, how, how much were you uh, interested in? Ah, I think at least five gold apiece for each of us. Yeah. Risks, on-the-road expenses and whatnot. Um, make a diplomacy check. Oh no, these have never turned out well. <laughs> Come on! It's the first time for everything. They should. They should work really well. Okay. And what was the amount you said? <laughs> <laughs> We're poor. Great. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> and you can't even say the die belongs in dice jail because it's digital. <laughs> it, it really, the, the digital die belongs in dice jail. So I rolled a five, and I've got a plus three modifier. Okay. Um, what was the amount you said? Uh, five gold each. Um, well, uh, I don't know about, uh, five gold apiece, um, but it, uh, it sounds like you're, um, are you all staying here? I, I haven't made accommodations yet. All right. I, I live I in town. Well, I, I, uh, depending on, uh, when you were interested in, uh, making your excursion, uh, I might be able to round up some funds before you left, and, uh, I would be able to bring them here for you, um, but I don't, uh, I don't have anything right now. Tell you what, why don't we, uh, go help the dwarf, and, uh, we'll see, uh, see how, what you've, what you've done in the interim when we get back. <clears throat> Marvelous. Uh, sounds like a wonderful deal. Uh, just so you know um, who you're making arrangements with, of course. Uh, I... <laughs> no, really? You didn't get that from the accent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just so you know who you're making arrangements with. Uh, my name is Casper Reed. And, and like I said, I am the, the head. What's his last name? Reed. R-E-I-D. Reed. Casper Reed. Uh, my name is Casper Reed, and I am the cartographer for the Royal Academy of Explorers. I like the name of Casper, so there's no doubt that he's not a white dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Casper, just just uh, one one additional thing. Uh, as we come back uh, and receive pay for for these things, um, would it be possible to also perhaps track these uh, accomplishments to perhaps send back to Eastgall University? Uh, perhaps under my name. Oh yes, um, y yes. L let me uh, let me think about um, how we should arrange all of this, and uh, I will I will um, speak with you further about this um, when you return. I'll, 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 I'll draft up a proposal. Ah, uh, wonderful. That sounds like yes, a perfect arrangement. And uh, uh, I'm sort of uh, about town, uh, homeless uh, for the moment, as it were, um, because. <laughs> um, uh, because our, our, our building is not yet done being constructed um, but uh, that should be completed soon and then of course you will be able to very easily find me in the uh, academy building in the uh, right in the beginning of the entertainment district 
I can I like burst in with an out of character thing? Mm-hmm. I have this book. It's called The Species Seekers, and it's all about those old timey adventurers and all of their stories that went wrong. Yep. Yep. It's like book. this guy could very easily be in all khaki with a piff helmet. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh boy, this sounds like that. Like, who's gonna get in a camp and, and die of malaria? <laughs> well, that's why he's sending you because you're young and capable. And Hang dumb. on, I just got it one more time. Yep. <laughs> one more time. We're just, I'm just gonna keep this up here for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It says colonizer, oh, by the way, oh, for but the there might be podcast. Oh yeah, for the, for the podcast, oh, yeah. it says colonizer. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for reminding us, Nancy. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, we we designed or I designed this game to be for teaching all sorts of things. Um, wow. uh, all sorts of biology, ecology, and environmental science, and humans Ethics. are and. Yeah, and humans are an inseparable part of all of those concepts. So well, you know, maybe maybe this is a point where we <laughs> should sort of break and talk about the history of science because, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that were sort of discovered that were when we say that they were discovered, essentially what we mean was Western or white people discovered them first, and uh, like the spice trade, for example, right? Absolutely, let's do that. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. So we are now. I'm going to take a moment out of character, and yeah, let's let's talk about this concept that I've or this quandary that I've given you guys. This idea of um, well, what is discovery and what is exploration, and how does that work yeah. um, within the world that I've created for you and in the real world? Yeah. So in the real world, um, you know, I think the spice trade is a really good example of just sort of very destructive discovery because Europe didn't discover any spices. They were known to the people and used by people in their native range um, before, like, England went and killed everybody for the spices and, as John Oliver says, decided they didn't like any of them. Um, I, so. We can see that here in Ecuador, too. Like, we have the tree where is the quinine. Is that the chemical? Mm-hmm. We have the tree that produces yeah. that. That was used for malaria, which was known, obviously, by the locals for a long time. Before, <laughs> before like, modern medicine showed up, it was like, oh, look at this, here's malaria. You know, and it was, like, discovered. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want everything to be doom and gloom. <laughs> I feel like one area of the scientific literature where this has been handled somewhat responsibly is with um, citrus greening disease because um, it was discovered and I mean it's been known in China since antiquity which is that's where oranges and lemons and stuff like that are from Um, and uh, since it was um, discovered that other people knew about it which as I said it's not perfect, but um, it's actually referred to in the literature, the scientific literature is the Chinese name, Huang Wang Bing, um, which, you know, they knew about it first, so they should get the naming rights, and that seems to have happened there. Yeah, I mean, naming naming is definitely one of those things. I mean, like, that's that's an example of it going well, right? But uh, the the way that we classify and name insects in uh, in science now is still, you know, it's a European system, which, I mean, it has been adopted globally and it, it works pretty good, but definitely a very problematic system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, we definitely don't, I mean, we could spend the whole rest of the evening talking about terrible things that Linnaeus did, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, 
to go back to just the initial thing that that Nancy said, you know that uh, the you know the the name was the name of the book the species, species seekers species seekers species seekers yeah that so much of early naturalism was just you know go out find something new murder it bring it back so that you can describe <laughs> it and put a name on it which um, was really. Yeah. Really interesting because they had a they've had a couple articles come out about how most of the the guys that brought them back really just like had a local go and get it for them. Get it, yeah. yeah. So clearly, yeah. like they they knew what it was. They knew that it was a unique thing, and they were just mm-hmm. like, okay, here you go, white person, go take it to your other white people, and then then yeah. you will get credit for all of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a way that still happens here, like not so much like just discovering new species, but definitely in like um like illegal trade of insects. Yes. Um like you'll have just like basically someone who's a collector, don't just this is a weird story. Ignore this. <laughs> um but yeah, basically you know someone who knows a local to about about where to find or how to trap the insects and then it gets handled through like a third like a third party who like collects all of it and then distributes it out to people or even like the souvenir shops who want it. So it still basically still happens. Yeah. But on the reverse, like it also happens in a lot of good ways with science. Like, um, like there are a lot of people with local knowledge, and then someone like, um, like coming out here doing field research will be like, "Oh, that's weird." And locals are like, "Oh, really? Like that's weird." Like here's like a whole bunch of them, you know. And then they are now like part of and helping science and like get their name to the papers and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So I read a really interesting paper as part of a class maybe two semesters ago now um, where, yeah, it was a, a really great example of like a how to for uh, white scientists from the, you know, the Northwestern part of the world um, to interact with um, native peoples in the Southern part of the world and um, uh, talking about shark populations. And so, yeah, all of these local fishermen were able to sort of um, not just tell the differences between the shark species, but also like knew quite a bit about the habits of the shark species. And so it was talking about um, how the sharks use the waterways because this was a, a kind of shark that was both in the ocean and also coming into a river. Um, and yeah, this paper, yeah, this paper was a really great example of like, oh, you know, the scientists come in and like they have this question and they're interested in sharks, but like they didn't just steamroller over the native peoples and they also didn't just like go and ask the native people stuff and then hey, we wrote a paper. Like their paper was about how they interacted with the locals to sort of uh, collaborate on answering these questions. And so, yeah, like it, it has been done wrong many times in the past and it is sometimes still done wrong now, um, but that doesn't mean it can't be done right. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's no um, longer erasure of, of indigenous knowledge. Like we yeah. recognize that there's all these things that, that, that are already known that can be so incorporated into things we're, we're trying that Western science is trying to do now. And it, it's, you know, I think I think it's a really important aspect of it to to recognize in, in anything that we do um, that there's there's already a, probably a huge knowledge base about a lot of those things you're doing in terms of ecology or conservation or anything about species in an area that you know that you may be brand new to it, but there's a lot of people who have who know have known about it for a very very long time, and it's it's nice that there's there's starting to be that value placed on that. Um, even though there there may still be a ways to go in in, in a lot of areas. Well, yeah, I, I and think one thing to um, one thing to mention is that um, this is the sort of thing that can because one of the things that I'm personally interested in is public trust of scientists, and this is these sort of interactions are something that can really damage trust in a way that actually kills people. So whenever an Ebola outbreak happens. Um, 
doctors and scientists essentially have to go into an area and start from a point of convincing people who have been subjected to a lot of like slavery and genocide um, and uh, uh, unethical medical experiments over the centuries that um, Ebola is a thing that exists. Um, they are not bringing it to them and they are trying to help. That's literally where scientists have to start with people and not unjustifiably so. Um, I think that in a lot of, in a lot of places in the world, people are very, very right to distrust outsiders. Well, I think that that speaks to like the importance of diversity and inclusion in mm -hmm. science, because there are a lot of, at least in North America, indigenous people who are interested in STEM careers. And if they don't get pushed out, that a lot of their research programs are interested in focusing on incorporating knowledge from their communities into their science and also incorporating their social justice values into their science. And I think that's that's a really critical discussion to have as we all nod the 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 six of us very white appearing people. That was the next thing I wanted to say was like, and with the recognition that we are six white people talking about this with our white privilege, like that yeah. clearly like if like so if there's anybody watching who wants to like comment or like you know like bring other your viewpoints into this like please, please do, do. Yeah. exactly like, so we're here to listen. we don't represent the the full diversity of science you know stem and all of that going on like you know like we're all white we do have women you know i'm i'm gay like we have a little bit but that's Especially yeah. the topic we're discussing about right mm -hmm. now, we we do it's, not we are have talking that, that experience. Yeah. We are all I, we are all talking about something that we have um, little to no personal experience with, but something that we all have a lot of sympathy for, and even even the best of us still probably has some way to go in um, understanding and being able to approach these issues um, in a meaningful way. So when, oh, oh, sorry, go for it. <laughs> so when Rebecca like held up the thing that was like colonization, like, um, like <laughs> I'm obviously very white and I chose to come to Ecuador and live here and like talk about bugs, you know, and I rely on a lot of people down here. Like I rely on a lot of locals to help me with that because again, like they know their forests, they know their conservation projects, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always been really important to me, like, um, People like book me for a tour, but I feel very much more like an organizer. Like I know the people who are good at it and I sit there and translate. And then also you get fun bug facts from me, but I really <laughs> I try to be as conscious about that as possible. Um, like, you know, I get to make my living in a country that isn't mine on, a, on like fauna that isn't mine, you know? So I try and be really conscious and work with as many locals as I possibly can and really give them the spotlight and just be, like hang back. And then when people have questions or I like know what a species or whatever else pipe up, but it's like really them that get to really show off their country and their home. And I think they can really do that much better than I could even because like they live here and they love it so much. Like I love it so much as someone who has moved here, but they love it so much as like, having been here and just like the local people, like what they can see and what they can find in the forest is like mind blowing. It's absolutely amazing. So, Yeah. And that's all, all of these things. And the, I loved what you said, Ryan, about the six white people sitting here <laughs> nodding our heads. And, and these were a lot of um, sort of questions that I was um, fighting with early on in developing this game, right? I'm white. Uh, I've only ever lived in North America. <laughs> um, and you know, how do I, um, how do I build a world for you that is both uh, compelling 
and um, something that we can have these adventures in and also does raise all of these um, these tough questions, these things that we should be thinking about both as our characters or as your characters learn and evolve and grow, um, but also as people, right? This is a huge exercise in empathy for us as the players and for the audience, right? Yeah. These, these All of the things that we'll be talking about, not not just this idea of colonization, but all of the, all of the questions that I'm going to try to bring up in this game. I, Cedric was um, struggling with prostitution and where is the line between slavery and not slavery earlier too and and yeah the, this this game may seem like a bunch of like nerdy goofiness but like yeah we can get into some really meaty questions here so yeah. um yeah Thanks. i'm glad that this was a, a thing that was brought up so early on this idea of like yes the tenebrians are colonizers and you, some of you have been more direct victims of that than others but um yeah that it's a. Uh, I'm trying my best to use them as a, uh, a, a in-your-face metaphor for things that have happened in our real world, um, mm -hmm. so we can explore those problems yeah. and talk about. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like Fletcher is probably approaching what he's doing from a pretty like colonial settler mind point in what he's like what he's trying to figure out, and then it's like. As the story goes, we'll have to see like how that how that progresses. But honestly, coming from where he's from, and and I mean, you could see talking to Casper, like the mindset that people had coming to the yeah, place I want they couldn't author get to before. If I'm going out, <laughs> I was actually about to call second author. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's and, and, um, and thank you for playing along too. Yeah, I know that's um, not it's not a character that any of us is comfortable with in ourselves. But when we put on these when we put on these other faces and and um, tell the story, um, it's good for you to be that foil. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the other thing is, you know, there's so Dungeons and Dragons takes a lot from J.R.R. Tolkien's work, and there's a lot of elements in Tolkien's work that I've always found problematic because if you look at the Lord of the Rings, you can tell which side of the battle that people are on by the color of their skin. And a lot of the races in um, Tolkien-esque literature, and that includes Tolkien as well, um, you know, they a lot, a lot of times they have very, um, a lot of their characteristics are based on race, which has always seemed to me very similar to the kind of stereotyping that um, you know, people try to fight against. So that's, um, if anybody has noticed, I uh, uh, um, chose to be a barbarian from a from a race that is not typically barbarian <laughs> so that I could call a little bit of attention to this at some point um, mm -hmm. in the storyline. And we, we did talk about that as we were doing character development, this mm -hmm. idea that racism in D&D &D seems to be almost inescapable, right? It's written there right in every version of the player's handbook that I've ever read that, oh, you know, these are the characteristics of these races and these are how these two different races interact. And like, you know, let's let's talk about that and let's explore that and let's have Cedric, <laughs> Cedric be, how did you phrase it? Uh, Cedric is the well-meaning white guy. Um, so yeah, like let's, let's talk about race and yeah, let's talk about what happens when races interact for perhaps the first time. Well, but um, at the same time, let's also, just so it, just so it, just so it's said, we are six white people, and yeah. um, races within a dungeon and within a Dungeons and Dragons game is not necessarily a substitute for that same concept in real life. Absolutely not. Um, but it is a chance for us to explore these concepts. Yeah, somewhat.
<laughs> with, with 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 sensitivity to understanding that these are people's lived experiences, but not our lived experiences. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if this is giving too much away, but my character's backstory has a lot of these experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that's this is definitely something we'll probably continue to explore. Yeah. So one of the most heartbreaking things that I heard here, so in Otavalo, there's, like, the indigenous people, like, that are basically straight descendants of the Incans. And, like, their long hair is really important. Like, they have very, like, indigenous facial facial features. And there's actually one who got um, a scholarship to go to UGA in the States. Um, And the rest of this community was like, why are you going to college? You're just an indigenous person. You don't deserve it. Like, 2019 here in Ecuador. And I heard that, and I, like holy shit, you know, it was like, it was definitely the first time in my life, like, you know, you hear all these stories, but it's the first time in my life where, like, like, this was, like, someone who I had now, like, interacted with and, like, told me that story, and I was, like, I, I just, like, said, I didn't even, like, know how to process it at first, but as, and, like, it's getting better, but there's still, like, a lot of, a lot of very kind of blatant racism in Ecuador, which is definitely not one of its highlights, but one of the things I try and talk about, you know, how did you approach that, Nancy? Um, like it was just with one of the students one year. So they just like they were just kind of telling us their story about how they got the scholarship to UGA. Everyone in the community said like, no, don't do it. Um, like, or, and like other people were like, no, you don't deserve this. He ignored them, which is awesome, and went anyway. And then came back and took that education and like created a little museum focused on um, the history and culture of the Otavalo people including like the music and he has like some historic ceramics in there um and a little restaurant and it's like I I just like I just thought it was so cool how like these people said all that crap to him and he just did it anyway you know like how strong and how brave he was to do that it's just like so this was really amazing to me so yeah I, I didn't say anything I guess like other than like that's awesome um but I like really internalized it and thought about it for a long time yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was like, good. I mean, yeah, good that like, you I, thought about it and the situation sucks, but yeah, <laughs> and it's good that they're doing that. Right. Which is, again, one of the other reasons why I really try and bring people to local, like, things that, like, locals are doing and local projects and et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And that's part of the reason why I was like, I, like, Quito uh, actually has one of the best preserved American uh, central historic districts where like churches we have a church here in Quito that has five tons of gold leafing in it from the bottom to the top yeah it, it, you know and like it's really amazing but like that's not the kind of tourism I do like I'm really focused on getting people out into the jungle like meeting these people seeing what their day-to-day life is like you know like kind of becoming like it's cool to see an old building and I'm like you should definitely go see that it's definitely an amazing piece of art but I think seeing and interacting with someone who's so different from you is also a really valuable experience, which I try and, yeah. which I try and do. Well, <laughs> also the freaking white girl. <laughs> when, whenever you go, you know, to another place and actually eat at restaurants that are out in the sticks, the food tends to be amazing because yeah, been, it's great. Yeah. They've been cooking that stuff for, cause again, you know, food is, I love food. Um, you know, those people tend to have been, um, cooking it for, you know, cooking those foods for a long time. And, um, uh, they have a lot of experience. They know how to make it taste really good. And typically there's, there are things that Americans either have never had the opportunity to try or have been too scared to try. 
you and all that stuff with me. It's great. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so everybody should yeah. go visit Nancy. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Shameless plug. If you're ever going to Ecuador, <laughs> we, have the best, we have the best tour guide starring on this show. <laughs> So yeah, I guess um, I I, uh, I feel a little bad ending the episode on kind of a, a very heavy topic, but also like that was I think you know a really good first um, exploration of like exactly what we're trying to do with this. Like it's really fun to play Dungeons and Dragons, but like we want this to be something that um, has some meaning to it. So yeah, I'm gonna try my my best white cis cis privileged. Um, best to uh put forward challenges that uh <laughs> that that mimic um real problems in in our world around us so that we can talk about them science culture all of that stuff um yeah, yeah so thank you guys for thank sort you. of exploring that concept and yeah i hope that everybody who watched today or if you're watching this um the pre-recorded version in the future um yeah. i hope you enjoyed it um, we did uh, mostly antics of um, meeting the characters and building the party this time, but there will be more science um, in the future, but probably still lots of antics. Um. <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep holding up pieces of paper, so definitely <laughs> tune into the, the video. <laughs> I can't stop now. <laughs> no, it's we'll just have, like, you have to do it forever. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have like, a voice overlay, or one of us will be like, and Rebecca in the corner is holding up a piece of paper that says this sarcastic comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so don't forget you can watch us uh, live on Twitch and Periscope and YouTube and then see um, the videos will be archived of all the play sessions will be archived on the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is also where you'll be able to find our sort of like after talks. Um, I guess we'll have to come up with a name for them. Um, and you can follow us on at Check Nature on Twitter um, for updates about when we're going to be playing. We're going to try to be doing this the first and third Saturdays of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, so please come join us if you can. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you're a scientist or a science communicator or someone like that out there who is interested in being a guest character in one of our sessions, um, please send a DM or something to the Roving Naturalist on Twitter or um, the Roving Naturalist at gmail.com and you can help me populate the world. Anything from any of our players? Um, thanks, fans. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, fans. Uh, um, I actually have a podcast to. Um, to plug, uh, uh, I recently was on a podcast called Addressing Uncertainty, talking about the philosophy of pain and suffering in insects. Ooh. Oh, so. yeah, I meant to watch that. Yeah. Now yeah. watch it. Okay. So go check out that podcast, too. And you can follow... All of these lovely people um, on Twitter, their links are in the video description or in the under part of Twitch. I don't know, the doobly-doo people call it. Doobly -doo. <laughs> you know how to, you can find you us. You can call it the reference section. The reference section. Yes. Yes. All of, the, all of the links you need and all of the Twitter handles are in the reference section down below. Um, so please go uh, hang out with these people on Twitter. Thank you ever so much, everyone, and we will see you in a few weeks. Bye. 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 Joe has to end the stream now. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs>